All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Okay, so for whatever reason, I'm not seeing the uh, chat from Facebook in the StreamYard Messenger. Uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, so share this out, share this out. I'll try and figure out what the heck is going on uh, there and why that chat is not coming in here. So are we live? Yes, we are. We're live over here. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Um, let me mute this. I'm going to come over here and click on it. So I'll probably hear it go uh, up for a second. But yeah, so for whatever reason, now the um, the uh, uh, chat. Hi, Denise. Uh, I have to be on the monitor over here to see you because for whatever reason, it's not going into StreamYard. I don't know why. There was nothing that said that uh, I had lost connection with StreamYard. So for whatever reason, it's not going into StreamYard. So I'll just have to look at you guys uh, over here on in the chat uh, and to see what you're saying. Not a big deal. It just means that I uh, don't look at StreamYard because if nobody's uh, over on YouTube <laughs> messaging, then it doesn't matter anyways, right? I'll just be over here. I just have to be bought back and forth to make sure that I don't, uh, uh, you know, uh, not uh, bump off air. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. So uh, welcome everybody who's, uh, and everybody's, of course, talking in the Law of One chat instead of being here on the live. So if you're hearing my phone beeping, even though it says that I'm, um, uh, that I'm supposed to be um, uh, listed as offline and uh, busy so that I don't get any uh, any uh, uh, notices. I'm still getting notices. So you're probably hearing that on the microphone. Okay, I didn't turn off the the banner here. So let me turn the, the banner off, the overlay off here so you guys can see me. Um, I uh, decided uh, to change. Um, I decided to change uh, what's going on. Um, no, see, so now it's saying that uh, that you guys are. So let me tell you in the in the chat that I am live. I see myself live on Facebook. So uh, let me tell you guys that in the chat so that you guys know what's going on. So I put that in the chat, and I will have to share the link in there because everybody's for whatever reason thinking I'm not here. So you guys are having a, a hard time finding it. Some of you are having a hard time finding it in the chat. So, Cassie, Denise, could you guys please share it in the chat? Because apparently everybody in the chat can't find it, but you guys have found it. But for whatever reason, it's not uh, giving me the the uh, um, the uh, listing in the StreamYard chat. It's not showing that it's there. That's why I came here to see if I was live. I am live on Facebook on at least my page uh, on Facebook. I don't know why that's not coming in here or people were having a hard time finding it. Probably because everybody was trying to go to Law of One to find it. Uh, and couldn't find it there. So I will have to uh, share it or could somebody please share it uh, there, right? <laughs> right. Thank you. And then uh, share this to Orion Rising for those people who go there to try and find this because the, uh, apparently that's what the problem is, that everybody's going there trying to find this and it's, I didn't go live there. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll just share it there. I'm going to share it public so it'll be uh, twice uh, on my page, uh, as well as uh, sharing it to no, you guys just copy that and send it over there, please. Um, so yeah, it, it, I apologize. Don't know what's going on. Well, I didn't go live. I went live on Twitter. And I went live on YouTube. And I went live on my page, not Orion Rising. The reason I did that was because we were having the same issue when it was on Orion Rising. And if I shared it over to my page, 
anybody who was on there was not able to, uh, the chat did not go into StreamYard. So I saved, I, so I shared it onto my page where that chat's not going into StreamYard. So I should have gone live on, uh, on Orion Rising and shared it over there anyways. So please share this uh, over to Orion Rising so the people will then link into here so at least I can see that. I don't understand what's going on. I'll have to check because, you know, when you do an upgrade of any kind, they always reset the defaults. I have to find out why it is that before it was the private page, uh, I had to go back into the settings and tell it to be public so that I could get the settings uh, and the chat into um, um, StreamYard. My private page didn't have that problem. Then when it did, I had to go in and fix that. Well, now uh, it's uh, having the same problem again. So I apologize for that. Uh, but I can see you guys, if you guys stop talking in the uh, law of one chat, because that opened that window opens up exactly over the chat when you're on Facebook, uh, a, a messenger chat opens up over the chat that you would be looking at. <laughs> right. So I, I uh, don't understand why uh, the, this is it's Facebook uh, meta. Uh, Facebook always has issues and they claim it's everybody else's fault when it's not. OK, so let me go over here. And because um, every time I talk to anybody, when Facebook has an issue and I talk to all the other companies, they're like, it's Facebook. You go to Facebook, they're like, nope, it's them. I'm like, weird that the entire planet says that it's you and you're the only one that says it's the entire planet. And they're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. So everything's fine on our end. Yeah, it's just not. Um, OK, so um, as you can see, I, I have my uh, full screen up for you guys to see me on uh, on here and not me in that little teeny screen and then just a blank screen uh, for the law of one, even though I've been doing that the entire time. Um, I've started cutting portions out, as you I'm sure know, if you're looking at any of my posts anywhere on every platform of the uh, shows. And the problem that I'm running into is that when I go to edit that, I have to zoom in to that picture of me like this and uh, that lowers the quality because I'm zooming into the picture and then I have to record it. So I decided, well, there's nothing to see anyways. It's not like before where the words were there for you to read. So I got tired of doing that when I was cutting out a small minute, two minute uh, clips to post on all over TikTok and, and uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Um, I got tired of having to blow that up every single time. And then I didn't like the quality that it, even though I was recording it in, in uh, what is that? 1080 um, uh, HD, it was still not um, good quality. So I decided that I'm going to record this the way I do in high quality so that when I do that and I'm blown up on the screen already, it, when I then record out pieces of the, of the shows for the rest of the world to see uh, as a promotion for people to start coming and listening, uh, then I don't have to lose the quality when I do that. And there was nothing to see anyways, besides my ugly mug. Um, okay. So um, like I said, I'll, I'll keep checking the chat to see if you guys are there and what you're saying. Hello to everybody. Hi, hi, Cody. I see you there. Hi, Rick. I see you there. Um, I said hi to Denise. She was there. I don't know who else is here. So say hello to me in the chat so I know you're there. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a sound check for you with the Law of One with Ra, and then we'll just go ahead and start. Let's start with full moon tomorrow, right? Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, it literally is. I don't know what time. I didn't check the apex. Usually I look at the exact time. Um, but I'm a Virgo, so if you're a Virgo on the planet and you're listening to the show anywhere within the next couple of days uh, of, of February, today is February 23rd, 
uh, here in the in where I am in California, February the 24th, if you're over where Rick is in Australia. Uh, but uh, either way, the full moon is tomorrow. And if you're a Virgo, then the uh, Christos oil has has uh, is going up or has gone uh, up your uh, your uh, um, uh, spinal column, the Kundalini energy, and charged with energy, and it is just about to start resting in your brain for that 2.5 days, which starts tonight. Uh, and so wherever you are on the world, uh, in the world, in about 12 hours from now, a little bit less than that. I didn't check the exact time, but it's somewhere between 9 p.m. my time and, and it's 3 p.m. my time right now uh, and midnight my time. Uh, so wherever you are around the world, that uh, oil is in your brain lying dormant for the 2.5 days. So no debauchery, no sex, no eating of the tree of life. And uh, you will have an illumination at the end of that. So somewhere around Monday, if you're West Coast America time. So Tuesday, if you're on the other side of the prime meridian, um, you will have that unless you eat of the tree of life. So full moon, uh, extra energy, um, possible illumination for all Virgos. If you abstain from uh, debauchery and, and sex and drugs and rock and roll, you can listen to rock and roll uh, for the next 2.5 days or three days. Uh, uh, you could even push it out to four days you can handle that, do it. Uh, and so full moon tomorrow, uh, craziness going on in the world. This is also a leap year. So this month, uh, February has 29 days instead of 28 days. So uh, literally happy leap year for those of you around the world to pay attention to that. There's one extra day on the calendar. So instead of being 364 and a quarter days, it is now 365 and a quarter days uh, this year. Uh, and that day that was added is always added on February. Don't ask me why they decided to do that. I, I, I probably knew that at one point, but never looked it up. <laughs> right? So, uh, but that day they add at the end of February. So instead of being 28 days, it's now 29 days for just this year alone. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a sound check for the law of one uh, for, uh, for raw here. And uh, you guys let me know if you guys can hear it okay. Uh, and if I have to turn it up or not, we'll figure that out. All right, so here we go. March 20th, 1981. 41.0 Ra, I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Okay, so um, week number 80 for the law of one, 80 weeks. You realize that's that's almost two years, right? 52 weeks is one year, and we're in 80 weeks, week 80 for just doing the law of one the second time. That's pretty cool. Session 41 uh, of the law of one. That sound, thank you, Cassie said that sounds great. Um, so, yeah, that's cool, right, that, you know, we're crazily into the law of one again. Um, almost two years, you know, when I did it the first time, I rushed through it in two years and ten months, if I keep going the way we're going here, uh, doing it now this way, it'll be it'll take longer than that. But it'll probably go away before before then. Once my book comes out, I'll probably continue talking about the law of one, but but stop doing the classes. We'll see. Depends on if I have time to still do that with uh, my book and, and things uh, with the book and how that's going. Right. So that's in the editor. It's supposed to be back to me by um, probably at the latest uh um, the end of March, so April, then I have to go over the first run of, of uh, what they um, um, uh, did with the, with the uh, editing and approve and disapprove. And then they have to give me the second version of it, second draft. And until we have that hammered out, I have no idea how long that's going to take. 
uh, just depends on on me and what I accept as their changes and what I allow. Because if we go by the by the way that books are supposed to be written, which is the dumbest way, lowest energy, and change all wording so that there is nothing spiritual whatsoever uh, to do with anything. I mean, one of the first things that they uh, tried to edit when they showed me just the template of of their uh you know this is what we uh, found in the first you know uh, six you know 20 pages of the first first you know whatever three or four or ten pages was i use the words the all and they immediately wanted to take off the out of that uh thing and just put all or change it to take out the all and change it to everyone and i'm like that is not what that means at all I'm like did you read what my book was about when you were doing this editing, is this editor a, a AI? Is it a computer program or, or is there some human actually reading this? Because I need to know this because I, literally I'm talking about spirituality and it's going to go against all of the definitions of this is the proper way you're supposed to write a book. It's just like tuning if I tune my instruments not to C and I tune, tune it to G minor or G major, everyone's going to go, that's not the correct key. Yeah, you're right. It's not if I'm trying to make sure this is the lowest possible resonance of energy on the face of the earth. That's why everything is is uh, in C. Uh, and if I want it to be the highest resonance uh, possible for spiritual growth, it's in G minor or G major, which is retarded on the scale because it's the other end of the spectrum of the scale. OK, because it goes G, G major and then C minor. So literally it's it's uh, off of the same thing with verbiage. When you're talking about spirituality, they do the same thing. They ruin the harmonics. Human, the, the English language, common language, this one that I'm speaking right now, is the lowest vibrational language in the history of this earth. The lowest vibrational language in the history of the earth is this one. Okay, And they've, and they've uh, uh, taken all of the words from all of the other languages that we borrow in this language, and then they have changed the definitions of those so that they don't mean what the what those words actually meant in these foreign languages at all, almost exclusively, on purpose. So there's no harmonics uh, in in. If you listen to foreign languages and the cadence of those languages, they sound pretty. No one in the world says, "Oh, I love listening to people talk in English because it sounds so pretty." No one ever has ever claimed that about the English language, ever, okay? Even people who speak with a different accent talk about the accent that Americans speak with and how we over-exaggerate so many uh, syllables that it's crazy even to them. I hear that from the Irish all the time. And if you're an American and you listen to the Irish, you're like, what? It's because they still have remnants of, uh, of speaking Irish and that accent with what they're saying. This one right here is too close, and even for the English, the English, the way they speak in England, actually sounds a better cadence than this American one. They don't over there say, oh, I love listening to Americans talk. No one around the world says that about this common English that we speak in this country. No one. Everyone says, I can't believe you speak that trash. It drives them crazy to hear us speak. They hate it. Right. And then, well, I know that, you know, some people say, well, that's just the English and they're being pompous. I get that because it's the mother language. It's just like Portuguese is to Spanish, Castilian or Mexican. Uh, all the languages that people speak in, in uh, Americas and, you know, the Americas, uh, South America, North America and Central America 
and the, the, the Castilians in, uh, in Spain, speaking that proper Spanish, they say the same thing about that, these languages, because they are, um, you know, bastardized uh, compared to the original language. American is, is no different. Australian English is no different. Scottish English is no different. Irish English is no different, obviously, because England English is where English came from. That's why it's called English. In fact, that's the only country who calls it that, by the way. Everyone else calls it something different. You know, Inglaterra is what the Germans call it, <laughs> right? Inglisk, Ingolsk is what the, the uh, uh, Swedes call it, Ingolsk, right? Every language calls it something different. Okay, so let's get uh, back over here. Let me go back over here so I can start the law of one. Uh, and let's uh, play some more of this for you guys. Let's get into that. That's my, my you know, full moon. If you're a Virgo, uh, Christos oil. Uh, uh, leap year, extra day, February 29th, uh, uh, in, in, in my language synopsis. Here we go. 31.1 questioner. I have one question of logistics to start with. I know it's a dumb question, but I have to ask it to be sure. There is a possibility that we may have to move from this location to a location a thousand or more miles from here in the future. Will this have any effect at all on our contact with RA? Ra, I am Ra. This is not a foolish question. The location is meaningless, for are we not in the creation? However, the place of the working shall be either carefully adjudged by yourselves to be of the appropriate vibratory levels or it shall be suggested that the purification of the place be enacted and dedication made through meditation before initial working. This might entail such seemingly mundane chores as the cleansing or painting of surfaces which you may deem to be inappropriately marred. 41.2 Questioner, I am familiar with the banishing ritual of the lesser... You know, that's funny, Cassie. I, I wanted to stop there because Cassie said, I hear that from Pamela all the time. She told me that too, uh, about the way we over, uh, over accentuate uh, all everything. And then uh, Rick said, I like to sing loud, uh, pretending to sing, uh, um, what is it, Aboriginal, right? The sound naturally rolls off well, because it does, right? Their language uh, does uh, roll off your, your tongue a little bit more. But here's the weird thing about, about uh, the common English uh, is that and, and this is where I differ, and then we'll get back to the law of one again. Here, this is where I differ with everybody over in England saying uh, their version of the way that they speak is the proper way of English. And and I always say, well, then why is it that when everyone who speaks this language, whatever dialect that they have, whatever accent they have from whatever country they're in, uh, with the exception of country music in the United States, because they put on that twang on purpose, uh, they sing on purpose that way. Anyone else who sings in proper English all of a sudden sounds like me. Sounds like American English when they're, except for they're singing it, right? Adele, who has a very, very deep, thick, uh, uh, brave accent from, from the streets of, of, of London, West London, with this really, really thick, rotty accent, they call it over there, right? And then when she starts singing, all of a sudden she has this perfect pitch and sounds exactly like an American uh, newscaster who comes from nowhere. Uh, and that's the way it is with, with everyone. If they're not speaking the foreign language and they're speaking English, when they sing English, it tunes to this language that I'm talking now. Now, I'm not saying that's proper because that's tuned to C, which is the shittiest, lowest vibration on the face of the earth. But if, if what they say is true, why is it that there's nobody with that Cockney English accent or any English accent singing with that English accent? And why is that does not come through when you try to harmon, uh, harm, harmonize in this language? 
It doesn't. Why? Because this is this is closer to what the what the harmony of this crappy ass language is. It's closer to this because you, the only people who don't do that are the people who sing country music uh, here in the United States. And they put on that twang. They hold their their whatever state they're from, the accent that they have in that state. They hold that on purpose that, because otherwise, if they sing with the pitch that they're supposed to, they sound like this. They have this accent. Okay, so why is that, right? So that's all I have to say about that. Look into it. I'm not making that up. I'm not. I'm not saying that because I think I'm cool because I'm an American and I have this accent. Not at all. I'm saying that because I noticed that as I was growing up. That why is it that these people like Adele? Listen to her speak and then listen to her sing. All of a sudden, she loses her accent. She's no longer sounds English, and you would not even know that she was in fact English until she starts speaking. Same thing with people from Australia, same thing with the Irish in Ireland, the Scottish, same people, even the people in Africa who speak in the in the Indians who speak with that very proper English accent. When they start singing in English, it sounds like this. Only, you know, obviously singing. Why? Because it's designed to be the lowest vibration possible. And they have you uh, harmonize starting with C as your as your base. So all songs are written starting from C, and it's rare that they are in other in, until uh, the modern day where you had people doing that. And then in music, you had people doing that too. And some of my favorite classical uh, composers did that. They were rock stars, and they didn't tune to C, and they would do things in G and E, and people still do it to this day. So musicians go outside the box all the time uh, when they're when they're doing that. But people don't – well, some people do sing – I know that because I, I've watched, you know, people talk about that who are singers where it's harder to sing some of these things because it's not tuned to C. It's in G or or E or, or even F sharp, uh, which is really hard to sing it. Anyways, uh, let's continue. For Pentagram, I was just wondering if this ritual was of use in preparing a place for this type of working. R.A. I am raw. This is correct. 31.3 questioner. Then generally what you're saying is that even if we moved over a thousand miles away, if we carefully prepared a place that we found, even though it had been used by others previously, it could be made satisfactory. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. Yes. 31.4 questioner, in trying to build an understanding from the... Right. I'm sorry, Rick. I had to comment on that. Rick said Asian singing and... Uh, in English sounds absolutely hideous. That's because they're 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 they have broken English. They they can't say the letters. It's it's like looking at an Irish person, especially one who speaks Irish, and telling them to say father. There's no th sound in the Irish language, so it's hard for them to adapt and learn how to say father with the th. Uh, so the Asians, their language is so <laughs> different that you know they have that really thick accent. Uh, and it's hard for them to sing because they can't say things like there was a big commercial on television for Chevrolet uh, when I was a kid. And uh, there was a guy that was English that were selling a car in the that was an Isuzu. And the guy was saying trying the American was trying to say Isuzu, which is a Japanese uh, word. Uh, and uh, and he was going Isuzu, Isuzu. And the, and the guy who he was talking to was a person who worked for Chevrolet, and he was obviously one of the people who designed the cars. He looked at him and went, that's okay, kid. I can't say Chevrolet, right, because he couldn't say Chevrolet. So because of the, the language difference where they don't have certain syllables that, they, that we use to sound out words. Uh, and that's just the way it is in all languages, you know. Uh, like in some places in Scotland, although it's not proper, uh, Gaelic, they, they say coo for cow. 
We say cow, they say coo, but that's not even the proper word for cow that the Scots use in that in that language. Uh, but they but they do say that coo instead of cow, and a couple of languages say that. So it just depends on the language because of the differences in that. And I'm not going to get involved in that because um, you guys probably don't want to you know hear about language, even though I'm learning 23 languages. <laughs> so I understand the logisticals of the linguistics of languages, and and I, so uh, unfortunately I get involved in talking about that, and people are like, oh, we don't care about language, dude. Thanks. Right? Okay. I'm cool. All right. Let's continue. Start. You might say, starting with intelligent infinity and getting to our present condition of being, I am having some difficulty, but I think I should go back and investigate our sun since it is the sublogos that creates all that we experience in this particular planetary system. Um, I don't know about Denise, but Cody was over on YouTube. Cassie asked, are you guys still here, Denise and Cody? Um, Cody was on um, YouTube because she was answering over there whether she could hear. She may have just jumped over there to see if she could hear the uh law of one over there or not but she but that's where cody was so she so sometimes she jumps back and forth so i don't know if she's still uh in the audience let's continue will you give me a description of the sun of our sun Ra, i am raw this is a query which is not easily answered in your language for the sun has various aspects in relation to intelligent infinity to intelligent energy and to each density of each planet as you call these spheres moreover these differences extend into the metaphysical or time-slash-space part of your creation. In relationship to intelligent infinity, the sun body is, equally with all parts of the infinite creation, part of that infinity. In relation to the potentiated intelligent infinity which makes use of intelligent energy, it is the offspring, shall we say, of the logos for a much larger number of sublogoi. The relationship is hierarchical in that the sub-logos uses the intelligent energy in ways set forth by the logos and uses its free will to co-create the, shall we say, full nuances of your densities as you experience them. In relationship to the densities, the sun body may physically, as you would say, be seen to be a large body of gaseous elements undergoing the processes of fusion and radiating heat and light. Metaphysically, the sun achieves a meaning to fourth through seventh density according to the growing abilities of entities in these densities to grasp the living creation and co-entity, or other self, nature of this sun body. Thus by the sixth density the sun may be visited and inhabited by those dwelling in time slash space and may even be partially created from moment to moment by the processes of sixth density entities in their evolution. Okay, so let's ring that out a little bit. Did you guys pay attention to what Ra was just saying when it came to Saul? our sun okay that it is resonating through frequencies going in the third the fourth the fifth and into the sixth so it exists in all of those frequencies and they're different colors in each red ray or yellow ray i apologize yellow ray here in the third dimension because this is the third dimension third chakra third color so in the fourth what's the fourth chakra right so it's yellow then what green so the sun is actually resonating green and then moving up into the indigo and then uh, to the sixth chakra. So the seventh chakra, the sixth chakra is what? Right. So uh, I'm, I, so I believe that's uh, the indigo. It could be the violet. Uh, depends on how you're counting. I think the violet is the sixth because the seventh chakra people, some people say violet is a set. I'd have to look on my phone. Uh, some people, and it's shifted. It's not exactly right. And I talked about that a couple of years ago, where if you shift things slightly, uh, in, a, in a different way, um, then everything lines up completely different than people think because there's a chakra outside of your crown chakra 
that is out here that is not the violet. So the violet is the is the third eye. I'm sorry, the 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 uh, uh, yeah, violet is the third eye, and then that would be so the throat, and then you know, so it's four, five, six, seven. So the so the indigo, which is which people equate to knowledge and speaking, is in fact um, the the chakra that is not in your third eye. Um, the third eye is is a is a knowledge and, and wisdom, um, which uh, people equate with an orange chakra, but it is in the lower, uh, and then in, in the upper it's different. So, literally in the sixth, let's go back to that on point in the sixth dimension, in the sixth density, people living there, beings that are no longer corporeal, like we are, that are no longer in this uh, in this density of third dimension can go and live and are living on the sun and co-creating the sun, which is filtering back down to this place and resonating as this energy that's coming off of here. Raw just literally said that. Let's continue. 41.5 questioner. In your last statement, did you mean that the sixth density entities are actually creating the manifestation of the sun in their density? Could you explain what you meant by that? Raw, I am raw. In this density, some entities whose means of reproduction is fusion may choose to perform this portion of experience as part of the beingness of the sun body. Thus, you may think of portions of the light that you receive as offspring of the generative expression of sixth density love. 41.6 Questioner, then could you say that sixth density entities are using that mechanism to be more closely co-creators with the infinite creator? Ra, I am Ra. This is precisely correct as seen in the latter portions of sixth density seeking the experiences of the gateway density. 41.7 Questioner, thank you. What I want to do now is investigate, as the first density is formed, what happens, and how energy centers are first formed in beings. Let me first ask you, does it make any sense to ask you if the sun itself has a density, or is it all densities? Ra, I am Ra. The sublogos is of the entire octave and is not that entity which experiences the learning slash teachings of entities such as yourselves. 41.8 Questioner, when the first density is formed, the I am going to make a statement of my understanding and if you will correct me. I well, before he makes that statement, right? So the sun is not a sentient being growing and having experiences like we are. Do you see that? So the sun, and I should back that up. I'm gonna let me put on my glasses so I can back that up a little bit because I, I want to ring that out a little bit more in details here. Okay. So let me back up a few seconds. Let me see where we are here. Okay. So I backed up about almost a half a minute. So let's start that again and listen to what Raw says about the sun. The sun is not an entity having experiences and learning like we are, okay? That's actually very important. And I don't hear anyone discuss that anywhere since I've read the law of one and anyone who talks about the law of one and anyone who talks about reality and the universe, they never talk about this subject. That's why I want to get into it. So let's play this again. Let me first ask you, does it make any sense to ask you if the sun itself density or is it all densities? Ra, I am Ra. The sublogos is of the entire octave and is not that entity which experiences the learning slash teachings of entities such as yourselves. Okay. So do you, do, you, do you hear that again? So I played it a second time. So the sun is not an entity that is learning such as we are. 
it is just there. Okay. So it is still alive. It is still life. But it is not, its function is not to evolve and learn like we're doing here. Okay. And I bring that up because that type of, of entity is what we're perceiving in science. They don't know this. So I'm actually giving you guys some information that a lot of people out there will just go, well, that's crap. And that's okay because you're not ready to, to actually understand this. That entity like our moon, our sun, is what science is now starting to look at and go, you know, that's kind of scary because it looks like it's an optical illusion, like it's AI, like it's actually a hologram. Because why? They're not realizing that they're perceiving in a scientific way something that's part of creation that does not have a sentient soul. Do you understand that? Science is unaware that they're able to perceive something that is life, that is lifelessness, but it is alive. They don't understand it. And the only way they can explain it is it acts like our computer program. And what is our computer program acting like? Well, it doesn't have an immortal soul. It is a construct that we designed that does not have a soul in it. And they, because they're secular, they're trying to explain it in a physical way. And they don't, and they refuse to say, well, it doesn't have life or it's not alive or it's not sentient. Because whenever they say life on another planet, they're, what they're saying to you is, is a sentient being. But what they mean is water. What they mean is somewhere that a human could go and live. That's what they actually mean. I've talked about this before. So when they're saying, well, life doesn't exist on the moon. No, no, no. Life exists on the moon. The moon's alive. It exists there. But what you're looking for is the Goldilocks zone, whether we could go there and breathe the air and terraform it. And life doesn't exist there because you think there's no water, which means there's no amoebas, which means there's no cellular life. Because cellular life is not a hologram. Cellular life is life. It's alive. And that evolves eventually into a plant, then a tree, then a cat, dog, bird, then a human on this planet. But the moon isn't evolving. So they say, well, it's just a dead Hulk. They have the idea that it's not alive, that it's dead. Because what they're actually saying is it doesn't have a sentient soul that is evolving. The sun is the same way. Science is starting to look at the sun and say, well, it seems like it's not living. It's just burning gas. Right. But then when they look at it, they're going, well, it's kind of scary. They don't tell you guys this. In the world, it's kind of scary because it's like the moon. It doesn't seem like it is there, but it is there and we can go to it. So they're not quite sure how to categorize these things, right? But some know behind the scenes that because they've met greys and other alien species that don't have a soul in there and they know it. So they know it's just a, a bio shell and they're realizing the same thing with the moon and the sun and other things in the universe and that's what they're calling holograms or uh, uh, things that are scarily like our computer programs. 
but they won't go any further because they don't, most of them don't officially acknowledge that there is an immortal soul that people have and that people are. They're still like, no, no, this place is it. This reality, this, this illusion is all there is and all that other stuff's just uh, some sort of psychosis. 41.8 questioner, when the first density is formed, the I am going to make a statement of my understanding and if you will correct me, I will. I intuitively see the first density being formed by an energy center that is a vortex. Yeah, Rick said they say that the moon is man-made satellite. Well, not officially, they won't tell you that, but it wasn't created. A lot of people say, well, if you take all the land mass and shove it together as it currently is, right, which when they say, let's, the, let's go with that, uh, then there's the spot where the moon broke out of, that the moon fits perfectly. Weird, because when the moon, if it did in fact go bloop off from the earth the the earth's water table was about a thousand feet lower than it is today so the moon wouldn't fit into that blob anymore if you had pangea the moon wouldn't fit right but they never mind that no never mind that now so the way the moon the way the earth is now if you slam everything together it fits perfectly okay so it fits perfectly that means that this is the way it always was well, isn't that weird? So what you're saying is that the landmass was a thousand feet lower. But if you if you take everything and cram it together, let's say it was a thousand feet lower, which means that a lot of the stuff is connected to one another. Like in the Pacific Ocean, you're going to have that entire continent that's underwater right now currently is going to be there. And the ocean between that continent and the United States is less than 50 miles. And the same for uh, Russia and Australia is part of the south uh, of that. So all of the islands, Hawaiian Islands, Fiji, Samoa, all those are just tops of mountains on this big giant uh, um, landmass that is now underwater. Okay, so the, people don't realize that and they can't fathom that ideology. Science knows it, but it's you know there's that weirding way people just don't get it. It's like the it's like the quantum weirdness uh, to people's minds. It's like saying this is not air you breathe or you don't need money. People are just like, what, what, what do you mean? We have to have money. We have to have money. We can't live without money. No, no, no. people lived on this earth for the majority. There's this, this portion where we have trade and money is less than one-tenth of one percent of the human condition that we've been here. Before that, it was bartering system, trading things, not money. Like I would create, I would make a, a blanket and I would trade you a blanket for flour. I would make leather goods, a leather jacket or a shirt or whatever, and I would trade you for goods that I don't have that you would make. That's the way it worked. Fair trade, right? It didn't. There wasn't a monetary value where it was this currency that people were. That was a, that's a construct that is only about, um, you know, five thousand, seven thousand years old, maybe ten thousand years old. Human race goes way back before they were like, well, we've only been here that entire time, so therefore money's always been here. They know now that that's untrue. There was always something different that was traded in the money system. The, the more that if everything was localized and centralized, the more there was a currency. So originally there was small pockets where people would trade currency and think beads. I mean, they, they just talk about this on, on the Curse of Oak Island, where they're finding beads that were about uh, 1,200 years old. That was the currency. Beads. Beads that the Native Americans traded and loved and still do. That was the actual monetary system of this planet, not gold, not pieces of paper with some dead guy's picture on it or dead woman's picture on it, not uh, metal stamped with some dead guy's picture on it, some king 
or or Pharaoh or whatever. It was beads. Look that up. Okay, beads. So they would take glass and they would paint them and they would cut them into little teeny uh, things that you would wear and walk around. Here's something that most people don't know. Let's just go back to the 1100s with with uh, the currency of the realm uh, of the, the the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean, where the Spanish Main, the you know, which is now the Bahamas in that area uh, of the world, the the uh, you know that that whole entire island area over there, people traded mostly gold and silver and stuff like that. Now everyone assumes that it was coin. It was not. People used to walk around with gold chains. This is why we have gold and silver chains that people wear today. People would walk around with gold and silver chains around their neck, around their wrists, in their pockets, and especially gold because it's very pliable. And when somebody would pay for something, they would pull out or take off one of the chains and they would break off some links and weigh it and then link the link up to the other part that wasn't broken and pinch it back together and put it around their neck or put it in their pocket. They would carry a coin purse and they would put it in their coin purse in their pocket so that people couldn't just take it off their neck. That's how they used it. And they would literally just break off pieces and drop it on the thing and weigh it and pay for it. Those people would collect those and melt them down. And then they started going, well, why don't we start making coins? Why don't we start making bars so that people could then trade them? That's literally it. But if you look, there was other things. Literally, if you look at the Curse of Oak Island again, just that show alone, they're finding little teeny pieces of lead that were shaped into and weighed a certain weight, lead. And that was a trading coin, a chit, a trading coin that was worth money by its weight. It was lead because lead is also pliable. You can cut it just like gold. So literally it wasn't precious stones. It wasn't silver. It wasn't gold. It wasn't emeralds and, and rubies and things like that, or some paper money with a king's picture on it or a queen's picture on it. Okay. It was literally whatever that they decided was the currency of the realm. Okay. And beads and lead coins were the currency of the realm for far longer than minted coins. And then once people started grabbing them up, like they did in that time period when they had gold and silver coins that they minted, and people would grab those and melt them down into bars and then sell them off in other countries. So kings would print gold and people would rob them, pirates or whatever, sometimes other countries. And they would just melt it down and put it into their own currency. That's when they started making, because people were counterfeiting. That's when they started making uh, paper dollars because they were hoarding all the gold. Where did all that gold go? I think you got to wonder about that. Where is all this gold? Oh, well, Fort Knox in the United States, there's not very much gold, if any at all, left in Fort Knox. Where did the gold go? Oh, it must have went to the Anunnaki when they came down here and we had to pay tribute. Uh, I think it's similar to that. I think something like that is actually what happened uh, and that we used that gold and traded it in a way to other, um, other worlds but gold is not the most popular thing uh, in the commodity in the universe. Water is. Water and ice is more important in the universe than anything else for third dimensional sentient beings. Not all these, not all these materials. Materials are, are you know, those are everywhere. You, you want to build a spaceship, you want to build a, a, a cell phone, whatever. All those are, are all over on all the planets. The most precious material on the, in the universe is water. Water is more important. This planet is one of the richest planets of, of water, 75% water, this planet. So why would people be coming here from other planets to siphon off some of our water? Not mining gold, 
Gold is everywhere in the universe. You can find it on all, even they're starting to realize now that the moon has precious minerals. In fact, uh, if they were smart, they would start using the minerals from the moon. You should look this up because they don't want to do this right now because the moon itself, the dust on the moon and the dirt on the surface of the moon can fuel this entire planet for about 10,000 years. Not a joke. Not a joke at all. And then there's uh, like a moon, like Io, I think. There's a moon out there on another planet that is that is uh, uh, completely uh, natural gas, liquid. So everything that we use here, they're converting fuel for vehicles from natural gas. Their oil that we use in our vehicles uh, to lubricate our vehicles from natural gas. There's a moon out there that we would have enough natural gas on that moon, lakes of that gas on the moon that is that is literally water now, okay? Like mercury, but it's not mercury, right? That is out there in this solar system that we would have, if we went out there and claimed it and started mining it, bringing it back here, we would be able to, to expand the uh, all of the fuel on this earth for another 100,000 years. So just from two bodies, two moons that we had currently are aware of, and there's more, I'm not gonna get involved in all that, Everything down here becomes null and oh wait and cheap and free. So we can't have that. So we don't want anyone to know about these things because it's not like we can send a, a spaceship out there and mine it and come back. Wait, yes, we can with the technology that we currently have. Might take 20 or 30 years to do so, but wouldn't it be worth it to send a space shuttle uh, or even an unmanned uh, a ship to one of these places and scoop up about, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred gallons of that and then bring it back and start using it and then start sending out more and more robotic things to go out there so that we have a, one showing up here on earth every year or two to refine into uh, free energy for the planet. Oh, that's right. Free energy. They can't market it. They don't own it. They can't sell it to everybody. They can't control it, the commodity and keep the amount just like they do with, with crude oil by keeping the price certain height. So they all make their money uh, and they keep it a hundred dollars a gallon as often as they can. Uh, it's so they, they all get richer and richer and richer. Okay, let's continue. This vortex then causes these spinning motions that I have mentioned before of the light, vibration which is light, which then starts to condense into the materials of the first density. Is this correct? Rob? Uh, right, okay, so Rick, let me address that because um, Rick says, I read, um, is it Raelian's uh, book in 94? They said that they came to earth to harvest gold because they needed it to put for a power source. The, the main theory that they talk about with the Anunnaki, uh, the, or whatever they were called before they were called the Anunnaki, because they were called something different up until 2015, and then they changed the name to Anunnaki. And I can't think of what their names were. They were the people that lived on planet X. Uh, and they said they came here uh, for gold. And what they said, and, and this is so this is 94, you're saying this guy wrote the book, and that they needed it to power something, Okay. The theory was they came here to get gold because they had depleted the ozone completely uh, in their in their atmosphere. So the radiation from the sun was destroying their planet and killing their people. And they needed the gold so that they could basically do what we do with space helmets. And uh, they have a, a, a visor uh, that, that you don't know about that most people don't realize that's actually made of gold. You can't see through it when you're down here in the sunlight. It's gold and you can't see through it. When you're up in space and the sun's rays are trying to blind your eyes, they wear a visor that is has gold 
overlaid in the visor because that cuts the radiation out and it doesn't burn your face and your eyes. Okay, look this up in the space program around the world. So they literally, when they get up out of our atmosphere, they close the, the one that we would use down here, which is just, a, say, a sunglass, uh, and their new sunglass is now gold. Sometimes you see that, uh, but not very often do you actually uh, witness that. And it's actually, uh, if, if you look at even Star Wars, when he had what he called the blast shield down, you couldn't see through it. Well, when you're up in space and you're uh, and you're in the sun, you don't have the protection. We're down here and we have the protection of our ionosphere and uh, everything clouds and everything that is up in space that is encompassing our planet that actually keeps the sun's uh, radiation from penetrating. We still get some of it. That's how we get sunburn. Okay, the sun still it still penetrates. But if, if but when you look directly at the sun, when there's a, a, a solar eclipse. And it, and it gets really powerful and they, they'll tell you, don't look directly at the sun because at that moment, the sun's rays are amplified, okay, by bending around the, the moon and the light that's coming off is, is literally reflecting off of the moon and it's amplifying the sun's rays and they're penetrating um, more into, the radiation is penetrating more into our atmosphere. And if you look directly on it, it could burn the retinas in your eyes and they can give damage if not blind you. When you're in space, there is no protection. You're outside of that protection. So the sun is like a thousand times more bright when you're up in space than when you're down here. So you have to have shielding so that it doesn't so that it doesn't burn your eyes. And they use gold. So the theory was these aliens claimed that they had destroyed theirs protection and they needed the gold because they were putting it up in their ionosphere to block the sun uh, uh, coming into. And, and but they didn't have any gold on their planet but they knew what gold was. Well, what is that? Did they deplete all of their gold? I mean, we need to know the history of that. So literally this is what people were claiming. But if that's the case, why didn't they stay here? If, if I'm of conquering race and I'm coming down or a race that created the humans and the gold is the most precious thing that we need to keep our civilization alive, why is it that they came here, got gold and left? They supposedly created us because that's what everyone says. So you have to ask yourself, why would you, if I'm a, a race of beings who came to the earth and there was just monkeys here and I said, you know what, we need to make them a little bit smarter so they can do some work for us because we don't want to have to do the work ourselves. So we'll create a slave race. Why would you create a slave race, make them smarter by blending your DNA with them, smart enough so that they believe you're, that you're their created God and they'll do whatever they want and then uh, get the gold and go back home and not. That's the most precious mineral now on your planet gold so why would you only go and take what you need and then leave the race of people here who know that we created them which is an abomination and against the laws of nature we're going to go ahead and leave them alone and never come back but the theory was they came back every 3,500 years and they're overdue so but how long are they overdue they're overdue by a lot more than that so so what they're claiming is that they kept coming back every 3,500 years. So that would suggest that that was when they depleted their gold and needed to come back to get some more. So that would suggest that the gold is nowhere else except for on Earth. And why would you not protect it? Why would you keep leaving if gold is the most uh, valuable commodity in your world and quite possibly the universe? Why are you leaving the planet alone? and not doing anything by uh, taking as much of the gold back there so you never have to come back again. Who thinks like that? 
fake stories that are made up think like that to get children to be afraid of the dark because it would cost me if I'm the ruler of that planet, it would cost us a lot less money if we set up bases there and mine that shit 24 hours a day with the slave labor that we created and keep control of that planet and defend it so that nobody else can then come and take it and then charge us, uh, you know, uh, all of our women to get the gold when we need it again. And we wouldn't have to show up here and, and say, okay, how far are these people going to advance in 3,500 years? And are we going to have to fight our way in to get the gold and fight our way back out? You leave people here to keep the people here in that same state so that they never in any way can get strong enough to overthrow you or resist you when you come down here. And you have a contingents down here, a big one, protecting your biggest asset on the face of the earth or on the face of the universe to keep your people alive. If not, why? Here's the other question. Why didn't they just fucking move here? Why didn't they just say, we just need to uproot everybody and move to the one place where that stuff is completely 100% and we can live there. It's livable, but we didn't move here. We just kept leaving and coming back every 3,500 years when we needed it and left the earth alone, unprotected, unmined, and oh, we'll just show up and, and demand that they give us money. Think about this from an adult standpoint. None of that makes any sense whatsoever that you're going to create every 3,500 years, you're going to create an entire armada that is now going to fly from your planet over to here and hope that the planet's still there, hope that the people didn't, uh, didn't graduate from being cave dwellers into being able to kick your ass and then come down here and get some more and leave them alone and go back over there and just let them uh, do what they're doing down here. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay, that's a story you tell children. Look out. If you go to sleep, the leprechauns are going to come and steal you. Unless you say this prayer to ward off those evil leprechauns from coming to get you. Okay? They'll come get you in the middle of the night. Look out. The bogeyman's going to come. Whoa. Cats and dogs and the boogeyman. Baba Yaga. Right? So it, it doesn't make any sense because I wouldn't do that. If I'm even if I'm an evil dictator and I want to control the gold, you don't want anybody else who is your uh, rival leaving the planet and coming over here and getting gold for themselves and coming back and looking like heroes. Okay, you don't want that to happen. So it goes against the nature of third dimensional thinking. One hundred and twenty seven percent goes against that nature. So we're supposed to believe that these people had good intentions and then none of them were evil and they're just coming down here to get the gold because they need it. Yet they showed up here and they tinkered with the DNA and created a race and left the race here. Oh, but we're good people. We're not doing any harm. We're leaving. And when we come back, we just tell everybody we're your creator. God, give us this shit or we'll fucking kill you. Oh no, they don't do any of that. What do they do? They just show up and steal it in the middle of the night. Oh, okay, so they're, we're scaring the children by showing up in these spacecraft that they think the gods are now coming down. And we take shit from them, screw a few of their women because we made them similar to ours and we like them, eat their food, shoot them with a dart, knock them unconscious. That is all shit that humans do to animals on the earth. Okay, so do we do that to animals? Do we go and rob them? of materials? No, we just move them out of the way and we go and do stuff. So is that what they're doing to us? They just come down here and move us out of the way and take the materials and then leave? If that's the case, how come nobody has, has uh, heard from them? 
and they're overdue. Did they solve their problem and they were good people and there's no reason for them to still come and get gold? That doesn't make any sense at all. It makes zero sense. Do they find it somewhere else? They don't care about us anymore. We're no longer of any need to them, so they don't care. They've discarded us. Would we do that to monkeys? Well, we're going to teach the monkeys. Uh, but when we're done with them, we're just going to discard them and then go off and do something else. That's a construct that humans would do. So if our nature is to do that here on this earth, then that means your nature is going to be pliable across the board. So that means that all other portions of our nature would be applied. We wouldn't do that and don't. Here's a perfect example. Look where all the gold is and how many wars are fought over that gold. Look who owns the diamond industry in Africa. They didn't leave. They didn't come in there. The Jewish people and the Spanish people, and the, now it's the, mostly the Jews and the Germans, uh, didn't go to Africa and mine the diamonds and then leave Africa and leave the diamonds there. Why? Because they knew that the black people who lived there would start mining the diamonds, and then they would have to come back and take them from them. See, they, they were okay with that when it was black people selling black people, and the black people said, you guys can't come on our, on our land. So the Portuguese would sail offshore, contact the people on the beach, and tell them we need uh, 150 more of them, of them naggers. And they would bring some out to them and they would give them money and they would sail off and go to America or whatever other part of Europe and sell them off to other white people. Okay. So is that what we're saying that we're they're doing is the exact same setup, right? So they show up here and they go, don't, don't forget who we are. Well, eventually see the black people in Africa said, we're not selling you these people anymore. We're going to start selling them ourselves. And that created a war. And that was when the end of slavery started because then the people started, uh, uh, you know, trying to kill the kings of Africa to get a hold of the black people. And the back, black people fought back. Remember that? The English went there and the Shaka Zulu and the Zulus killed the English. What was that about? Why were the English over there trying to dominate the black people? Was it because they were trying to mine the diamonds? You never hear that. You just hear them fighting against the, the black people in general. Why? Because what? They were trying to rule them. The, the Indians were the same. So if the nature is what is natural for us to do here now, that means all of the same nature applies. You, you don't have an entire uh, species of, well, we come and raid for the gold, but we don't harm you. We leave you there. We're your creators, and we just want to tribute, and we're going to go back home and leave you alone, and we're going to hope that you stay just as dumb as you are. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. You don't leave people on their own because they're going to know that you're going to come back and they're going to start saying, we don't want them here. And they're going to defend against that. Look at how humans are on this earth with other humans. The entire Roman legions of Rome, the only reason that they exist is because they had to defeat the Greeks and protect themselves from the Greek phalanx. And the Greek phalanx was exactly what the Vikings were using, the same phalanx. Okay, so the Romans had to adopt that same phalanx and to defend against that same phalanx to stop the Greeks from taking over their territory and to stop the Vikings from taking over their territory and eventually moved out to try and take over all of their territories. This is the truth. Okay, so literally people will, if you keep getting beaten by the same team in football in the United States, 
They design their team to defeat the team that keeps beating them all the time. San Francisco 49ers would be smart if they want to defeat the the Kansas City Chiefs, who they've lost to twice in the Super Bowl, is to design their team to defeat that that type of team, which is what they were trying to do, and they don't want to get involved in that because they screwed that whole thing up. Okay, and they know that. That's why they fired their defensive coordinator the day after the Super Bowl. Okay, and I knew it while it was happening. They're never going to beat these guys. I didn't think they were going to uh, beat the Ravens. They didn't have to play them, or they did play them. I was worried about them. Uh, defeating the the Ravens, the Cowboys, and the Kansas City Chiefs because all of their offenses work exactly the same. And their defenses. And the San Francisco 49ers couldn't beat the Kansas City Chiefs because of the type of defense they were playing, even though they were trying to design their defense. And that is what humans do to other humans. So if, if we're to believe that they're coming to raid Earth for gold to fix their shit in their planet, and then they're leaving us alone, they're not going by the same standards. So that means that that's not why that any of that is happening. It's a fable. It's a story. It's something that was made up. Were people coming here and raiding the earth? Yeah. But I don't think they were here just for that, that yellow gold thing that, uh, that, that they claim. There was something else. There was another reason that they were here. Were they taking some gold? Probably. That's not the whole reason. <clears throat> it's not even the gold that they were here to get. As a matter of fact, the gold that they were here to get was white gold. It was actually Ormus. Was, is what they're, that is actually very rare. That rare earth element that is that is only exists in salt water is the, one of the most uh, 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 most uh, um, uh, precious things in the universe. It's not gold. We have so much gold. We put it in alcohol. We have so much gold. They put gold plating on cakes. We, literally, we have more gold than we have any other commodity on this earth, even more than oil. We're never going to run out of gold, but we're going to run out of oil to make gasoline. We're never going to run out of gold, but we're going to they keep claiming here in America that we're going to run out of silver. OK, but that's just not true. OK, so where did all the gold go? Let's get back to that. We had a bunch of gold and now it's it's not here. If they had literally mined all this gold, it should be sitting around because they could have been mining it and mining it and mining it. The Europeans were stealing it from the Americas for over a thousand years. Where did it go? Where is it? There's got to be a dragon somewhere named Smog inside of a mountain laying on a, 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 a trillion, trillion decaliters of gold somewhere that somebody's hoarding. So if that's the case, why did they change to paper money? Because they wanted to make that everything. Where's this El Dorado? So, so all of the, we have so much gold that it is so commonplace. My point is, it's not really worth as much as you think it is. They have to convince you that it's rare. Gold's not rare. Diamonds are not rare. What they tell you is rare is a lie. The paper money is not even rare. They just print it. So it doesn't it doesn't pan out if you it doesn't go past the smell test of a of an adult that there's a race of beings who created us who show up here every 3500 years because they need it they need the gold for something and they're not staying here and just keeping to take it. Because why would you spend that money to fly all the way to another world to get just what you need right now for 3,500 years? And then we'll worry about the rest of that in 3,500 years. And now we may have to come back and they might be where we are now. And we might have an interstellar war to get it. Never mind that. We'll just blow everybody up and kill them. It's not, not going to happen, bro. All right, let's continue. I am raw. This is correct as far as your reasoning has taken you. However, it is well to point out that the Logos has the plan of all the densities of the octave and potential completion before entering the space-slash-time continuum in first density. Thus the energy centers exist before they are manifest. 
31.9 Questioner, then what is the simplest being that is manifested? I am supposing it might be a single cell or something like that. And how does it function with respect to energy centers? Ra, I am Ra. The simplest manifest being is light or what you have called the photon. In relationship to energy centers it may be seen to be the center or foundation of all articulated energy fields. 31.10 Questioner, when first density is formed, we have fire, air, earth, and water. There is at some time the first movement or individuation of life into a portion of consciousness that is self-mobile. Could you describe the process of the creation of this and what type of energy center that it has? Right. So Rick, uh, Rick said that money is, is nothing but a, a bit of paper or silver or copper worthless. Yet I'm, in a, is it butt <laughs> Yet I'm buggered to uh, stumbled uh, as to why. I can't gain it because they control it. The way the world economics uh, works is that they have a demographic. Okay. Everything is demographics, right? This is how it works. This is what people, they don't teach you in schools anymore, anywhere in the world, unless you take college courses yourself. They have a demographic. Okay. And what they do is, well, here's the, for instance, uh, here in the United States, if you go to any fast food restaurant, if you went to a fast food restaurant four years ago, a meal deal was uh, was uh, uh, $9.99 American, $9.99. Okay. A year and a half ago, they, uh, because of inflation, because they printed so much money, they flooded the market with fake paper money that lowered the, the amount of uh, worth that the American dollar was worth. So in, that's what inflation is. So if you look at gold prices from four years ago, it was less than uh, $400 an ounce, and it's like $1,200 an ounce now. Because when the gold when gold goes up, it's because the, the whatever the currency of the realm is, and currently it's the American dollar, quickly becoming the, the Chinese yen. Um, and before that, it was the, the sterling, right, the, the British pound. It literally, when the when you have too much money flooding the market, too much paper money flooding the market, it lowers the value of money. That drives the price of all other commodities that are that are tangible, gold, silver, uh, diamonds. Drives that up because the the money, the paper money, is not worth as much. They do the same thing. That concept is what they do to you. Okay. Because they don't want you to succeed. They want you to subsist. They want you to just barely exist and get by. It's why most people in Europe don't own anything and they're renting. They're trying to do it here in the United States currently. They don't want you owning your own home because your home, you're not paying anybody for it. And you have, then they have to charge you property tax. That's all they get out of you. So they can't have you owning that home because they don't make enough money off of you. Just like they don't try to sell you a car in the United States anymore. They want you to lease it. That's renting it. So they want you to get the new car every year when a new car comes out and you trade that in and they sell off that old car from the year before or two years before to poor people. And they charge them the same amount of money. They've already made their money because they charge you three to five hundred to seven hundred dollars a month for that car, and you rent it for a year or two, and you've already paid off what the car is actually worth, what they would sell it off the off the lot. Then they sell it to somebody as used and they knock off uh, five thousand dollars off of the price, and then they finance it to you so that you get charged extra money. 
And that way it takes you five years to pay off the car or seven years to pay off the car. And you've now paid, if the car was worth $50,000, by the time you're done in seven years, you've paid about $400,000 for that car. It's not quite that much, but it's usually double to triple. Okay. The same thing goes with the wages that you make. They have a dynamic. They know they keep the cost of everything, food, gasoline, water, rent at a certain level so that when you're done spending all of the money that you make by working per hour, you only have a couple of hundred bucks left over if you're lucky per month, if you're lucky. They would rather that you live paycheck to paycheck and you only have like $50 in your bank account and, and maybe $100 in your bank account ever. And then if you try to succeed, you have to learn what do I need to do to teach myself to make better money. Then you have to go to their schools, pay their exorbitant prices, get brainwashed by them to work for them so that you get paid more money. And then what do you do? They teach you to be greedy and buy more expensive things. So if you make more money, they want you to spend more money so that you still have the same amount of money. People in this country are complaining and all around the world, I need more money. So they say, okay, we're gonna have to give you a cost of living increase. So here in the state of California, that when I first moved back here seven years ago, it'll be eight years in October, um, when I moved back here, the, the cost of a meal deal was uh, $7.99 in, this, in the state of California. And when I moved here, they like a week later, it went up to $9.99, $2 more per meal deal. And I asked a girl at the drive-thru, why is it going up? She said, everybody in the state of California got a wage increase and they raised the prices. So what they do is whatever you want as your minimum wage, they charge you that amount for one meal deal. Okay. Right now it's currently $18.99 in the state of California, or I'm sorry, it's $15.99 for that same meal deal that was $9.99 that was $7.99 when I got here and only $4.99 when I was living in Arizona. Moved across the border and it went up to, to, to uh, $5.99, then $7.99 overnight. Okay, that's the demographic. So whatever you're getting paid a wage per hour is what they charge you for one meal deal. Okay, so then they raise the prices of everything else. So when people say I'm not making enough money and I need a, a wage increase, they're going to increase the wages in the state of California to $20 an hour next month. That means that same meal deal that is now $14.99 is going to be $19.99 as soon as the wage increase goes through. So a meal deal that four years ago or five years ago was $9 is now going to be $20 because people are making $20 an hour. And then what, you, then what that means is everything else is going to go up as well. Milk, eggs, uh, you know, hamburger, meat, everything, cereal is all going to go up by a dollar or two or three. And the state of California is already saying that they want to give people a, a, a minimum wage of $50 an hour here. They haven't even raised it to 20 and they're already talking about $50 an hour. If it goes to $50 an hour, that means that all meals everywhere on every restaurant will be $50 for the meal. Okay. And so what they're what the people are doing is pricing themselves out of the market. Why? Well, they're not pricing themselves out of the market. The market is keeping you at that. So you eventually, if things keep going the way they're going, it's going to be a million dollars for a meal deal. In about 20 years, it's going to cost a million dollars because people are going to make a million dollars an hour. And that million dollars an hour is going to go exactly as far as whatever wage you're making currently goes in the market that you have. They sustain that. You raise the money you make, they raise the, more, the prices. You raise your money again, they raise the prices. They just continue to do that. 
They do that with gasoline. They do that with everything to keep you from ever succeeding in life. And you just, and people don't see it because they don't teach you economics. They don't teach you social economics, global economics. They don't teach you civics in schools anywhere in the world anymore. And they don't want you to know those things. Because if you did, you would say you would stop buying those things. This is what's happening now in America. People are saying, I can't pay the prices for going out to eat restaurants anymore. So people are learning how to cook and they're staying at home and they're cooking their own food. And that is uh, causing all of these uh, companies to start lowering their prices. And then as soon as everybody goes back, they're going to jack them up again. So it's so literally the only way that you can make that stay that way is to be in control, to have the knowledge that when, when in the 1970s, when I was a boy, everybody in the world was not rich enough to go out and eat in a McDonald's every day. So we went out like once a month or once every couple of weeks when dad got paid, we would go out and have one good meal at a restaurant. And the rest of it was stuff that we either bought or grew for ourselves and cooked at home and ate. And, and that kept the prices of everything down. When I was a kid, I'm 56. I'm going to be 57 in September. When I was a kid and I went in at 18 years of age into the market, I was making $2.50 an hour. That $2.50 an hour literally was the same as people making $15 an hour now. It went the exact same distance, $2.50 an hour. Why? Because gasoline was 25 cents a gallon, not $7 a gallon. A, a gallon of milk was 15 cents, not $5 or $7. A loaf of bread was a nickel, not $5 or $7 the way it is now. So they just raised the prices to augment, offset the amount of money so that you never get ahead if you are complacent in and, and compliant with them and just do a job that they want, menial job that they want you to do. And they don't want you to, to, uh, to learn on your own and go to college and get a degree because if you do, you make more money. And then they immediately want you to move out of the area that you're in, move in. And they try to tell you that if you get that rich job, we want you to live near that rich city that you get that job. Why? Because they want you in the demographic here in the United States. People got onto that in the eighties and realized if I get a job in California in the San Francisco Bay area, then transferred to Chicago and got paid the same amount of money, I would be, uh, I would be uh, moving up from middle class to upper middle class by doing so. So everybody was transferring around the country from getting jobs in places where they would pay you more and then moving to places and transferring to places where if you lived there, you would be getting paid half of what you were getting paid. So they were rich. Corporations got onto that and then they changed the laws and said, if you move from San Francisco Bay Area to Arizona, where the cost of living there is half, you take a cut in pay. And everyone went for it and allowed it to happen. So literally, they would, they would say, you can't now get rich and move to a place where you make a, a, a lot more money. We're only going to pay you what you're worth there. Because they keep a status quo. And that's what they do with everything. That is part of the control that raw. So for those of you who are trying to say, listening, if you've made it this far, what is it if the law of one, Leo? 100%. It's what Raw's warning you about, that the Anunnaki, the Orion Crusaders, their plan, their dynamic, their modus operandi is to control all of this to keep you exactly where you are, in the dark, stupid, and they treat you like a mushroom. They keep you in the dark and they fill you full of shit. 
literally warning you that this is the matrix and the control over the matrix is to continue to keep you status quo without your knowledge. You will own nothing and you will be happy. That is what they're trying to do 100% around the world. Get you to be 100% dependent on them. Get you to be uneducated so you have no motivation whatsoever. Get them dependent on you, dependent on them so that, hey, I'll just sit around in my house and get paid the pittance that they give me. And who cares? I don't have to do anything for the money. It's free. You're never going to have anything because they're not giving you enough to succeed. They're not giving you enough to, to make it in life. They're giving you just enough as if you were a prisoner in a cell. They're giving you just enough food to survive, water to drink and not die, and just enough money so that you have hope, but not enough to do anything with it. And then you have no idea that there's a different way of doing this because they've taken that information from you. This is 100% what Raw is is warning about and everyone else that is, that knows anything about anything in the universe is trying to warn you about is that this dynamic is why so to answer your question i know i went on a very long time rick but i'm speaking to the entire planet while i'm saying this the reason you don't have any money is because you're allowing them to control you and the entire market and I have tried to tell people here in the United States, back when Barack Obama was the president and they had raised everybody's prices and gave away all these free loans for houses. But you had this big balloon payment and they all came up at the same time. And the economy of the United States crashed and they had to bail out uh, corporations, Ford and all the car companies and a whole bunch of other people because nobody had the money to buy all their shit. and They were all going to go out of business. So they spent a uh, hundred billion dollars giving every single corporation money to keep them alive until and then giving a bunch of Americans like, you know, $1,500. They did it during COVID all around the world to keep you spending money because their ecosystem stops working if you stop spending money. Their lie breaks down and falls apart if you stop spending all of your money and start hoarding it. They can't have you do that. So literally when they told everybody to be locked down and stay at home, then nobody could buy anything. Then they had to give stimulus money to people because they needed people to flood the market with money to keep everybody afloat. But you couldn't go and do anything. So guess what? Well, we have this thing that's called the internet. You can buy everything on the internet. So the internet companies made trillions of dollars over, over a three-year time period because everybody was buying everything online. Then the biggest industry became delivery drivers, still is to this day. Delivery drivers delivering all your food, delivering all your products all over the planet. That's the biggest commodity right now is delivery drivers in the United States delivering shit to people's houses. All the food from the fast food restaurants, from uh, restaurants, from the, every store, from uh, every online uh, entity. So now it's no longer just, you know, uh, a FedEx and UPS in the United States. It's everybody else independent. There's all these DoorDash and, and all these other companies that popped up to deliver food, to deliver everything to your house. So right now, that's the biggest commodity. So now that everyone's driving vehicles, everyone has to have a fleet of vehicles, and then no one is owning cars anymore. So now the biggest industry is what used to be the taxi industry. Again, it's you calling up an Uber or a Lyft or whatever it's called in your country because you have the same corporations doing that. And if somebody comes in a car that they own to pick you up to drive you and you pay them 
and it's keeping the fuel industry running. It's keeping the auto industry running. It's keeping the delivery industry running. And that's keeping everybody else running while you don't own anything anymore and you're renting everything and you're, and you're spending more money to have that shit delivered to you than if you got off your lazy ass and went and got it yourself. The same thing with going to a restaurant or driving through a drive-thru to get food given to you that is as the shittiest food on the face of the earth at, at, at the most processed and you're paying absorbent prices when if you went to the store and bought your own shit and made that same burger or sandwich, it would cost you one-tenth of what you paid to have someone else do it for you. But you're lazy and you don't want to learn how to make French fries. You're lazy and you don't want to flip, you cook your own burger and cut up your own lettuce and cut up your own tomato and put a piece of cheese on it. I just want to go and get it and eat it. And, and I'll just, that's be cool, man. I don't care. I have all the things to do. I have to get on my phone and sit here and swipe. <laughs> swipe, 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 swipe. I watch people. That's all they do. I literally watch people walk by walking their dogs in the apartment complex and I could walk up and, and probably molest, rape, pillage, beat them up, steal their wallet. And they wouldn't even know that I was ever there until they became conscious again, unless the dog alerted them by barking because they're staring at their phone, walking. They don't even know the dog's taking a crap or a piss because they're too busy on their phone, holding on to the dog. You go to a restaurant people are sitting there at a restaurant. No one's talking. They're all looking at their phones, eating their food, texting the person sitting next to them. Because that's what the world has come to. You're buying a $1,000 phone and your entire life is sitting there staring at that phone while, while everything is going on around you and you have no idea what's even going on around you until something happens and then you turn it on and film it because you're hoping that it'll go viral on your, on your TikTok or wherever you post it. All of that is designed to keep you distracted and you're paying absorbent prices, $1,000 for a phone here in America, $1,500 for a phone in America. They just made a basketball on a computer with a 3D printer. You want to make money? Buy a 3D printer and start making this exact same basketball because they're selling them for $2,500 a ball. You can buy a basketball that is, uh, uh, that is an NBA basketball uh, specs for like $29.99, maybe $30. Bucks. If you want this other basketball that has no air in it that was printed off of a 3D printer, it's $2,500. And guess what? They're selling out. People are buying it. Okay, so you want to make money, get a 3D printer and make that same basketball, call it a different name, start the company up and sell that basketball and you will make twenty five hundred dollars. But you'll lower the price by doing it because you're adding more to the market. Who cares? I may do that and create that company and start making that basketball and rip them off and just call it a different thing and say, you guys don't have I'll make the openings on the basketball slightly different uh, shape and say, this is my basketball. You, you, can, you don't own that shape and that basketball. And then create it. That's going to pop up. You watch. It's going to be already doing that. And the price of that's going to go way down because of it. But that's supply and demand. Other people with minds of I want to make money are going to see this and capitalize on that, just like the croc industry, just like every other industry. When the first one comes out, it's novel. Everyone wants it. There's mass hysteria. and People start knocking it off and they start making uh, their own version of it. And then the price goes way down. And then what then when they do is they try to do a brand name and say, well, this is the real McCoy. A real McCoy is worth $10,000. Or you can get this other one that's not a real McCoy. They sell you on the name brand. It's just a fucking cup, like the like the the Stanley Cup. Stanley is a company that was that made cups and made drink cups, and it's made of metal. 
and they sold everybody on the idea that this one costs $75 and you have to collect all of them. And people are going to jail because they're ripping them off and people are buying them. It's a freaking coffee cup. Okay. This is China. This is China. 50 years ago, this would be worth a thousand dollars or more for this one cup. Okay. And now no one cares that it's fine China from China. It even says it on the bottom. This is fine China. I could throw, I could set this out on the street right now and put a sign on it saying fine China and people would walk past it and put a, and put a steel cup by Stanley next to it. And people would steal that and leave this here. And this was uh, in the rich industry of the uh, rich people around the world for the last thousand years. This was the most expensive cup you could use. And I'm pouring coffee into it and tainting it with coffee. Because no one cares about China anymore because that was a hundred years ago and that was a, a, a brand new to the world and it was worth thousands of dollars. Now it's no different than this piece of glass that is a, that is a peanut butter jar that I've kept and I'm recycling to drink out. Okay. No difference in price. Absolutely useless. If I set them both out on the street, people would walk by them and go, what the hell are those things doing here? Because there's so many of them on the face of the earth. Same thing with gold. Okay. Let's continue. The modus operandi of these evil people is to control everything and to keep you from ever getting ahead, to keep you always running with that carrot right in front of your face. I'm about to get it. Oh, 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 it's right there. Oh, 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 and run faster, run faster. And you don't realize that the carrot's tied to the back of your head and you'll never find it. The only way you can get that carrot, carrot is to stop moving, lean back like this and let the carrot come to you. Okay. That's the way that you eat it, but you have to look around and realize that that carrot is attached to you and you're never going to out, you're never going to catch it because it's tied onto you and it's sitting right in front of you and you can never get it. You can't reach it and you can't get to it. Okay. That's what you have to realize is going on. All right. Let's continue. I am raw. The first or red ray density, though attracted towards growth, is not in the proper vibration for those conditions conducive to what you may call the spark of awareness. As the vibratory energies move from red to orange, the vibratory environment is such as to stimulate those chemical substances which lately had been inert to combine in such a fashion that love and light begin the function of growth. The supposition which you had earlier made concerning single-celled entities such as the polymorphous dinoflagellate is correct. The mechanism is one of the attraction of upward spiraling light. There is nothing random about this or any portion of evolution. 41.11 questioner. No, before the next question, I didn't realize that, Penny. I, I was looking at what Rick said. He said, get out the fine china, can you love? Yeah, right? I know. Uh, Penny said, did you see all the lawsuits that are on Stanley now? No, I was unaware of that. Good. <laughs> it's just a freaking cup. It's a cup, man. When You used to go, in fact, McDonald's back in the 70s used to give you a steel cup until they started making them out of paper. And then they realized they could make them for a penny and sell it to you for a dime. So then they started making profit. Okay. Not a joke. All right. So that's hilarious. No, I didn't know. I hope that there are people suing them. And I, and I, uh, and, and I hope that uh, that works here in America, getting back to really quickly, and then we'll get back on point, getting back to the, the balloon payment. When the balloon payment came and Barack Obama was paying all the uh, corporations so they wouldn't die. Um, uh, they gave stimulus checks to people here in the United States to spend money, but people still weren't spending money. They were paying their bills with it. So what they did was they had to lower the price of everything. And I tried to tell people at the time, pay attention, because a, a leather jacket was going for 500 American dollars back in 1990, when that was that, 97, whatever that was. And they had to lower the price. They were selling them for $89.99 and $99. $500 jacket, leather, 
Why? Because nobody would buy them and they needed people to buy them. So they literally lowered the price. They were still making, uh, pro they probably uh, bought the jacket or had them made for them in China for probably uh, $50, if that. It was probably like a dollar a piece that they were paying for it and charging you $500. Not a joke. I was a retail manager for 12 years. I know how the markup system works. And, uh, and I told everybody, in, uh, tried to tell everybody that would listen, you need to refuse to buy that same leather jacket when the price goes up. But people were greedy and said, I don't care. I got mine. So they spent the money to keep the companies alive by buying that jacket, rightly so. It was a smart idea to get a $500 jacket for $100 or for $75. So anybody who bought those things at the time, just like my buddy, uh, Paul, although he died before he could cash in, um, he bought the house from a buddy of mine uh, who was a friend of ours that we were both living there and he bought the house from him. The, uh, Harry, he, Harry bought the house when the market crashed. Companies couldn't sell all the houses that they had that they had to foreclose on. So that house he bought for, and he said it was, uh, it cost him $50,000 uh, to buy the house. And in a year, that $50,000 went uh, all the way up to $175,000. And uh, two years later, when Paul bought the house from him, he paid um, $200,000. And a year later, that same house was worth $500,000 because that's what it was worth. Uh, you know, uh, 15 years earlier when the bubble uh, popped, um, uh, when I was living in Arizona, the, the house that everybody was upside down in their houses. The house that we lived in was a four bedroom, um, two bath, two car garage, 15 foot vaulted ceiling houses in the state of Arizona. And um, my wife built it for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it was worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And when the market crashed, it was only worth $75,000, but she owed $150,000 on the house that she bought at, at was locked in on her mortgage. So now the, she, her mortgage was double, right? The, if the house didn't appreciate in value, she was now going to pay $150,000 for a house that's only worth $75,000. And I told her all you have to do is hold on to it long enough and, the, and it'll come back up because they drive the price of everything up, Right. So by the time we got divorced, the house was now worth uh, almost $150,000 again, right? And that was only in two years' uh, time. Later, it was it doubled in price. It was almost back to where she was making a profit. But my wife uh, lost her mind and decided that she wanted to get rid of the house. Now she kicks herself because that same house is currently worth a half a million dollars. So seven years later, that house that was only worth $75,000 was worth $575,000 with no improvements just by sitting there, okay? Because the housing market came back and the boom came back, which is the way it is now. Why? Because people will pay those prices for the houses. Do you understand? So that is them controlling it and pricing and making you pay more money because people are making more money so that then they can't get ahead anymore. And it still takes them 20 years to pay off the mortgage for the house. So by the time they pay off the mortgage for the house that they pay on $550,000 for, if the house keeps going the way it's going, it'll be worth a million five. You hope. But most of the time, that's not what happens. And you end up dying and leaving it to your kids. And then they sell it off and split the money with everybody. But houses are going for more than that. So when they get, you know, say you have three kids and they sell it off for two million, they want to buy a house. They just have enough money to, to have a down payment. Perfect example back in the in the late 70s 
early 80s, a buddy of mine was living in Kansas City, Missouri, and they had a four-bedroom house, two-bath house, uh, 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 tri-level, three stories, and they sold that in Kansas City, Missouri, and they came out to the state of California uh, in a rural area, 27 miles uh, east of San Francisco, and they had just enough money to put a down payment on a flat-level house that was a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage house. Didn't even have enough money to buy the house from a mansion in Kansas City, Missouri, moving to the state of California, just enough money for a down payment. And they had to pay a, a, a mortgage on the house for 20 years before they owned it. Okay. And I remember that my buddy's dad complained about that because the cost of living was so high in the state of California at, at, at the time. Same thing, rent for that four bedroom, two car garage, uh, two, uh, two bath, uh, 15 foot vaulted ceiling seven years ago was $1,200, $1,200 in the state of Arizona. That exact same house was, uh, was $3,500 to rent in, this, in the state of California. And it's now almost $7,000 to rent that same size house here in the state of California. Okay, And that house would be a $2 million house in the state of California currently. Okay, so it, it's demographic. Okay, that's why I wrote the book, How to Get Out of Debt, Surviving the 21st Century. And I tell you in that book the entire time, you're not poor. If you live in the United States, you're not actually poor for the world. You're just America poor because you're in the demographic where everyone is rich. So when people in other countries, they say everybody's America is rich. You are compared to them. If you take the money that you're making now and move to where they are, you're rich. But if you if you don't, and you move there and you try to get a job there, you're going to be just as poor as them because you're only going to get a job that's going to pay you the demographic of the area that you live in. Okay. So that's why um, I'm on Social Security. My buddies that moved out of this country are telling me, leave the United States. The money you make on Social Security is middle to upper middle class in most countries in the world. But in America, it's, it's about uh, $20,000 a year or $30,000 a year below poverty. But if you move out of America making the same amount of money, you're all of a sudden uh, $50,000 to $150,000 into the, into the good in their money. Demographic, my friend. Those people are poor, so things are uh, cost less there. When you come to America, things cost more because they pay you more, but you still only get as far as those people do over there. So people in America are like, oh, I have it so great. Well, the only thing you have over here that's not over there or in your country in Australia is you don't have the violence until COVID and until the, your country, which is now moving people into your country from all over the world, just like America is doing. All the violence is now coming to your country and all the crime is now coming to your country. So you're being made. They're trying to, they're trying to level the playing field and make all countries a third world country. That's what they're doing now because they have decided that people are getting ahead in the rich countries. And this has always been the contention by rich people that there are slaves who make more money than I do. And I'm one of the royal families who own this planet. That needs to stop. So they, they first tried to take away your education so you couldn't make that kind of money. But people were still uh, learning how to make that money. So now they're just destroying all of the developed nations so that all of the nations of the world are all going to be identical. And that is high crime, high violence. And what does that create? That creates everybody killing each other off 
robbing and stealing and, and it lowers the cost of living because it takes away everybody's uh, money. And that also uh, gives them a need to have military control over the population. So they're trying to put you back in slave chains by putting military personnel all around on every corner. And they're going to do that as soon as they take away all your guns. And then when they take away all your guns, then they just move in and you can't do anything about it. And then guess what? Then you're back under their yoke, which is exactly the way that they lost control of it with the experiments that were these free nations because people overthrew the governments and made up their own. And now they're trying to get that back to the way it was. That's the modus operandi. None of this is a conspiracy theory. Look around, pay attention to what's going on. I'm not making any of this up. This is actually happening to you everywhere in the world at the exact same time. This is, and anyone who understands social economics and understands the, the entire social network of the human psyche and how it works will tell you that what we have in store, if we don't stop this, is the degradation of our societies into chaos, which will create world wars and kill off most of the people on the planet and send us back into the Stone Age, which is what they are trying to do on purpose. Not a conspiracy theory, actual fact by scientists who have seen this happen in the world and know exactly how this takes place and what it entails to do this. And it's exactly what's being done to this earth currently because people are waking up. And, and the good thing is that that is happening because it's going to stop. It's not going to be the way that they want it to be. You guys need to realize this. There's too many of us here that are aware of it that are telling you like I am. Okay, so they're in their death throes. You guys just have to realize that and stop manifesting. The world's going to hell in a handbasket and we're all going to die because the evil people are taking control. And all of the things that I just said to you are going to resonate with most of you because it's fear and it's doom and it's they're in control and they're going to defeat us and they're going to kill us all off. People love this. I would be so much more popular if I didn't say anything about the positives and just preached all of this evil and negative and pointed out all of the things. Look at all the people that are in the most popular podcasts on the face of the earth. They never talk about spirituality. They never talk about things being positive. They only tell you all the negative and how all the bad guys are doing evil shit. And this is what they're up to. And I have to blow the whistle on it. And look at them. They're coming after me and they're attacking me for doing it, trying to shut me down. Everybody keep clicking. All of that is a ruse. As well, the large corporations, if they really wanted to turn them off, would just go click and turn them off. They want them to preach the fear, even though they're trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you by telling you that the evil people are coming for you. The evil people are allowing those people to continue saying that. Why? Because they like the fear that they are getting because everybody runs around going, the sky is falling. Oh, no, they're coming to get us and they're in control and they're so much bigger than us. That's the message that all of those people put out there when they preach that to you. That's why people say to me, why don't you do that? You would be so much more popular. I would, but then it would be defeating what I'm here to do. I'm not here to scare you into submission, which is what the news on every television, everywhere on the planet is doing to you and become one of them, put on a suit and tie and, and preach to you the same thing that you can catch on any channel on your television 
Why would I do that? That's what they're teaching you. That's why I put that on my wall on Facebook that says it's six o'clock and it's a newscaster sitting in his news station. It's six o'clock up next, what we want you to think. I would be no different than those people. I would be more popular. I'd be living in the flesh. I'd probably make a billion dollars and I would have mansions and I would, and guess what I would get for it? Nothing. I would be making society believe that they are dying and that they are being controlled and that they are slaves and that they're going to be slaves and you have no hope. That's what they want me to do. That's what you guys out there, you don't know it, but that's what you want me to do. That's not what I'm here to do. Okay. This is all going to come to an end, no matter how scary it is to you. That's the fear that they have. They have the fear that all of this is going to come to an end because they know that it is ending. Okay. I just watched a video that my sister posted. I think it's on my page. It's on my wall on Facebook. She tagged me in it. So it's up there. It's a video of a woman who is telling a story of 20 years ago. She had a near-death experience and what happened in that near-death experience. And if you watch the entire video towards the end of the video, she tells you that 20 years ago, I got the knowledge that in the year 2025 and the year 2026, that the earth is going to change so drastically that this way of life is going to end because of the human race is finally waking up and learning what they are in the universe and who they are in the universe and that all of this way of life is going to end because the people of this earth are going to not take this shit anymore and they're going to stop the people. Okay, but her entire story before that is all scary, and then it's about a near-death experience, and and all that. And it's not scary when she goes into uh, to the place of reflecting and designing my life and what it was like there, and how that's personal to each individual. And uh, in the, in the description of where she was was a lot like Elysium by the Romans, by the way. Um, that uh, was was literally a part of a movie where he literally said, if you find yourself in green fields with flowers walking, fear not, you are in Elysium. Elysium was the Roman word for heaven. Their concept of heaven was Elysium. Okay, And that's what she saw herself was in this field of grass that had these pretty flowers. You should watch that video. But the point of that, my sister said, wait until the end because it's like this revelation. I'm like, no, this is what myself and many millions of other people around the world have been trying to get across to you, that this way of life is ending. It's not going to be this chaos where everyone's going to die to end this way of life. People are making changes and making a difference and going to change this. And I have said this so many times that by the year 2032, this earth is going to be completely different than you have ever could possibly imagine. This is prophecy. This is foretold thousands of years ago by people like myself who were here then. Wait, what? This was all a done for the long game. The devil shall rule the earth for a time. That means a beginning, a middle, and an end, a time. That means a time. That means there's this and there's that, beginning and end. Okay? When does that time come to an end? Well, in the end times. Well, when is the end times? Well, according to 2,000 years ago, it was way in the future for people that were way in the future that could understand that. And everyone has been saying we are living in the end times. So that means that the time that the devil is going to rule the earth, that time is over. That's the end times. 
the times of the end of the rule of the devil. When is that? Well, the consensus around the world is becoming more and more apparent to people that that is now. The Kali Yuga, that means time of tribulation. Ragnarok, that means time of tribulation. Revelation, that means time of illumination. All of those things mean the end of the reign of chaos, the end of the reign of the devil. And if all things are what they have been saying for the last couple thousand years, we're living it. All religions in the world, everything that they said, check off the boxes, is now. So that means the time is over. Chaos, evil, the devil, the time of the flesh, that time is done, over. And we're moving into the age of Aquarius, love, hope, a change, all of that. So what is there, what would I benefit from making that happen and take longer to happen by telling you that you're going to die and you have no hope and that uh, let me point out what the evil bad guys are doing to you over and over and over endlessly to gain a bunch of money from doing so because then I'm staving off why I'm here. Okay, the law of one is raw 40 years ago telling you and warning you that this is what's going on. Peter, welcome. I didn't see you there, my friend. There's a bunch of other people that I didn't notice that were here because I didn't have my uh, glasses on, right? I don't know if I, I, I never say your name right, right? It's, 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 it looks like it says Katut. It can't be the way it's pronounced. <laughs> K-E-T-U-T. Purdy, I, I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, so uh, greetings from Bali, right? She said, or he said, she said, it looks like I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. Greetings from Bali. Greetings from the United States of America, from California. So the modus operandi of the Orion Crusaders, which you know is the Anunnaki, or any other, whatever you call them, the Bilderbergers, the Skull and Bones, the Illuminati, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world, is to do this, right? So let me get back on point because I know that some of you are like, okay, you were talking, Rob was talking about something completely different, even though he wasn't, he was talking about the chakras. and But the entities like our son, not being a sentient being like, like you are, like you and I are, and, and uh, evolving. Uh, and then talking about people being able to, um, souls in the sixth density, the sixth dimension, being able to live on the sun like a planet, walk on there, because it's not on fire in that dimension like it is here. Let's continue. As I remember, the polymorphous dinoflagellate has an iron rather than a copper-based cell. Could you comment on that? Ra, I am Ra. This information is not central. The base of any metabolism, shall we say, is that which may be found in the chemical substances of the neighborhood of origin. 41.12 questioner, I was just commenting on this because this indicates that it has the motion of our animal life with copper-based cells, yet it has the iron-based cell of plant life indicating a transition from possibly plant to animal life. Am I wrong? My memory is a little fuzzy on this. Ra, I am Ra. It is not that you are incorrect, but that no conclusions should be drawn from such information. There are several different types of bases for conscious entities not only upon this planetary sphere but to a much greater extent in the forms found on planetary spheres of other sublogoid. The chemical vehicle is that which most conveniently houses the consciousness. The functioning of consciousness is the item of interest rather than the chemical makeup of a physical vehicle. We have observed that those whom you call scientists have puzzled over the various differences and possible interrelationships of various stages, types, and conditions of life forms. This is not fruitful material as it is that which is of a moment's choice by your sublogos. 
31.13 questioner, I didn't mean to waste time with that question, but you just happened to mention that particular single cell. Does this polymorphous dinoflagellate then have an orange energy center? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 31.14 questioner, is this energy center, then, on a very small scale related to the orange energy center in man? Ra, I am Ra. The true color is precisely the same. However, the consciousness of the second density beginning is primitive and the use of orange ray limited to the expression of self which may be seen to be movement and survival. In third density, at this time, those clinging to orange ray have a much more complex system of distortions through which orange ray is manifested. This is somewhat complicated. We shall endeavor to simplify the appropriate... I was going to explain it, not sure if Ra was going to explain that, right? So I'll let Ra do the explanation. True color for third density is, as you have ascertained, yellow. However, the influences of the true color, green, acting upon yellow ray entities have caused many entities to revert to the consideration of self rather than the stepping forward into consideration of other self or green ray. This may not be seen to be of a negatively polarized nature, as the negatively polarized entity is working very intensively with the deepest manifestations of yellow ray group energies, especially the manipulations of other self for service to self. Those reverting to orange ray, and we may add these are many upon your plane at this time, are those who feel the vibrations of true color green and, therefore, respond by rejecting governmental and societal activities as such and seek once more the self. However, not having developed the yellow ray properly so that it balances the personal vibratory rates of the entity, the entity then is faced with the task of further activation and balancing of the self in relation to the self, thus the orange ray manifestations at this space-slash-time nexus. Thus true color orange is that which it is, without difference. However, the manifestations of this or any ray may be seen to be most various depending upon the vibratory levels and balances of the mind-slash-body or mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complexes which are expressing these energies. 41.15 Questioner, could you tell me the simplest and first entity to have both orange and yellow ray energy centers? Ra, I am Ra. Upon your planetary sphere those having the first yellow ray experiences are those of animal and vegetable natures which find the necessity for reproduction by bisexual techniques or who find it necessary to depend in some way upon other selves for survival and growth. 41. Like plants where um, it takes the insects to pollinate them. That's, that's what that uh, is referring to there where <clears throat> you have plants that have a male and female um, um, bud or flower and uh, the, the insects, the bees and, and uh, things go and they get the nectar out of there. And then they end up getting the pollen on their feet. And then they move over to the female plant to get nectar. And the pollen gets in there and pollinates the plant. And then the plant, that's exactly the ecosystem that Raw is talking about there. Uh, that, that happens where you have your, uh, you, you need someone else. Uh, that's why we were, when there was problems here in the United States, I don't know if it was worldwide, but back, uh, um, I guess, um, in, in 2005 to 2010, the European honeybee, which is very dominant here in the United States because the Europeans brought it over here when the Catholics came over trying to, to uh, convert everybody, uh, especially out here in the West Coast when they uh, came here because all their fortresses are still here. Um, literally, you can go up and down the coast of California and go to all these uh, these, uh, uh, you know, San Juan, San, San Francisco, all these missions uh, that were built by the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, when they came to America, they were Spanish back then. 
that came to the United States. Uh, we have eucalyptus trees in the state of California, which is not uh, indigenous to North American continent, comes from Europe. Uh, here in the state of California, there's a ton of them. I have some out here, uh, all up and down this uh, whole entire place. So literally they brought over the European honeybee, which uh, dominated uh, uh, the landscape, still does. But then there was something that was killing them off back in the early 2000s uh, here in the United States. And, they, and Ben and Jerry's was freaking out because without the honeybee to pollinate the plants, we, we wouldn't have any flavored uh, for flavors for their ice creams. Uh, not a joke. So they spent a lot of money trying researching this. And they found out that a pesticide that was being sprayed on all the plants to kill off insects and aphids and things like that, where they would eat the plant was actually poisoning the honeybees and they were dying. So um, uh, we thought that if the honeybee dies, we're all going to die. And that means we're going to have to have humans that are going to have to become worker bees and they're going to have to go and pollinate. But literally your job is to go and pollinate plants to keep us alive, to keep our food sources on the planet. That was a big concern for about five years on this earth. Some of you probably don't even know that even happened. I was aware of it because we were protecting and I worked outside uh, many places in the uh, state of California. The company that I uh, worked for uh, ran uh, companies all up and down the United States. Uh, and um, we were protecting honeybees because they became a protected species. And we were protecting them from civilians, from spraying them or killing them or harming them uh, all over the place. Uh, prosecuting people until they discovered what it was, that it was something in the pesticide, and they stopped that, and they still weren't sure. Well, what happened was that when the honeybee um, population decreased by 75%, all these other uh, insects, uh, bumblebees and other insects, all of a sudden now prospered, and no one was alive to remember 150 years ago when it was the other way around before the honeybee got here and all of that population was uh, was a lot uh, bigger than it is currently. And that the ecosystem reset itself and they, they, they didn't die off. They just were all living. If you take a bunch of fish and put them in an aquarium, the fish will only get as big as the aquarium allows, depending on the size of your aquarium, um, by the amount of fish that you have in there. The more fish you put in there, the smaller they stay. The larger the fish, if you take all the other fish out, one or two fish get really big. The, the same thing goes with the population. And they discovered that in the 70s in the state of Wyoming when they went and got rid of all of the, um, all the wolves out of the state of Wyoming, especially in Yellowstone National Park. And the ecosystem uh, was destroyed because of it. And they could, didn't know why. And one scientist in the 1970s said it's because you, you took away the wolves. And it's killing the ecosystem because that's allowing the natural course that the wolf was the predator and killing things uh, were no longer being killed. And because of that, the, there's no uh, everybody's there drinking all the water and eating all the plants. So the plants are not growing where they were growing before because there's more population. They're consuming those. Nobody believed that person for a long time. And somebody in the state of Wyoming took it a little bit more serious. And they said, why don't we try it and reintroduce some some wolves to the Yellowstone National Park and see if it changes the ecosystem. And in doing so, they, they put 11 wolves out there 
and let them start breeding. And all of a sudden, everything went back to the way it was slowly, but it started to. And they realized we need to repopulate the wolves and keep them at a certain population. And that will keep this ecosystem in balance. The same thing happened with the honeybee. They realized the ecosystem expanded on all other life forms. And then once they just stopped killing the honeybee, and then it, then it uh, found its equilibrium once again. Okay. This, I tell you all of that, because that is what's happening on the earth with the dynamic between good and evil is that evil had a time of their reign. So I was telling you a parable. It's not off topic. I'm telling you this because evil has had a time in its reign and the pendulum has swung over as the entire human species swung away from the light, away from God, away from the, and, and the people think now it's worse than ever before. It's not. It just seems that way because the evil people are in charge and they're making you believe that. But if you look back at the time 2000 years ago when Jesus was alive, I just use that because there's more Christians around the world that understand that time period. But I could pick any other time period and tell you the same thing. If you look at how the world was running then and how bad things were then compared to now, this is not the worst this planet has ever seen. This is actually the best uh, dynamic this planet has ever seen for the last uh, 10,000 years or more. And you just don't aware of it because you think this is bad because they have total control. Well, they've always had total control. The difference is you're able to see it now when uh, even on 200 years ago, you weren't able to see it because we didn't have all of this media, so they could just move into the south of France like they did 500 years ago and killed 2.5 million people. Today, that's a drop in the bucket. Happens every other day. Two, two and a half million people get killed. So it's nothing, no big deal. COVID killed only 3 million people worldwide, and that was a catastrophe. Well, then why is it that two and a half million people died in one country in the southern part of France 500 years ago, and everyone now goes, who cares? Right? That was almost the entire population of France was murdered by the Roman Catholic Church. Look it up. It happened in real life. Why was that done? That was done purely because the people in the south of France said those guys that are in Rome are not teaching what Jesus taught. They're a lie and they're evil. And they came and killed them for it and anyone who knew about it. And the only reason that we know about it is because... A couple of nights, that's where we get our entire story of three knights escaped and, and took the information and ran away with it. Three knights escaped and took the information and ran away with it. And we now have that history. And we remember that because those knights got away with the knowledge of the entire army came from, uh, from Rome and murdered almost every single human being in the south of France. Okay. It's the only reason we still have that. And people don't even notice that that's an atrocity. 2,000 people died in Pearl Harbor, and we went to a world war over it. 2,500 people died in the, in the Twin Towers, and we went to a world war over it. 2.5 million people were murdered in the south of France because they were telling the world that those guys are not teaching what Jesus was teaching. They're a lie, and they are corrupted, and they're evil. And they murdered everyone who knew about it. Okay, that was a reset to control the population, to take away that knowledge, and it worked for 500 years. Do you understand that? For 500 years, everyone forgot that even happened. These are the things that they were able to do that they can't do now. 
if someone went and murdered two and a half million people on this earth currently today, everyone on the planet would know about it while it was still happening. It wouldn't take 500 years before the population realized it happened. That's the difference. So the mass media, even though it's being controlled by them or attempted to be controlled by them, mass media is keeping them from doing that actual thing to the world because that's what they're trying to do. And the mass media has got everybody pulls up their phone and starts recording everything that happens. So if somebody showed up and tried to murder an entire city and it didn't look like a fire over in Hawaii, just saying, if it didn't look like a fire in the United States here in the state of California a few years back, about 150 miles from where I'm sitting, and it was troops going in there, shock troops from shooting people, the world would know about it. So now they have to figure out a way of killing off mass quantities of people and make it look like a natural thing. And if that's not working, they need to do what? Degradate the society to get everybody to kill each other. Because if the society goes crazy, crazy and starts killing each other, we can then justify coming in with troops and locking them down and having troops on every corner and brutalizing you, raping you, pillaging you, and taking away your guns and killing you. Because once we have that control, we're not going to give it back. That's what they're attempting to do. It's not going to work because mass media and people like me are telling you about it. So you can think I'm crazy. You can think that what I'm saying is a lie. You can think all of those things because you have free will until you don't. I'm here to make sure that you keep free will. That is my objective. I'm not here to make a billion dollars. I'm not here to get clicks and likes and to, and to be the biggest, famous, most famous podcaster on the face of the earth. Because if I was, I would talk about what Joe Rogan talks about. Most of what Joe Rogan talks about is fear and pointing out to you all the craziness that bad, evil people are doing around the world. Same thing with what's his name over there in England, who I always forget his name and I don't know why. I'll have to meet him and talk to him so that I don't forget his name. Because <laughs> for some reason, Russell Brand escapes me. I don't know why. Uh, right. Uh, I really don't. I have to maybe blink and, and say, bite the bullet. Right. Russell Brand and put that into memory bubbles uh, so that I remember that. But if I wanted to do that, look at all the people that are super popular and got super popular because they talk about that. They become a chronicle of that religion and you get popular and people will go, I love this guy because he's telling, he's pointing out what the bad guys are doing. That's not solving the problem. That's not fixing anything. Me telling you what they're doing, just like I am sort of, right? Because I'm telling you and pointing out the things that they're doing isn't, doesn't help unless I tell you why I'm telling you that. If I never tell you why I'm telling you that, and all I'm doing is pointing that stuff out, I get super popular. My show, if you go back and look five years ago, I was getting 1,500 to 3,000 people live every time I went on the air because I was pointing out all the negative stuff that evil people are doing currently around, and I was getting deleted all over the internet from doing it. And if I would have kept on that, I would be making all kinds of money, and we wouldn't be having these conversations, and I wouldn't be talking about spirituality. I knew it at the time, but it needed to be done because of COVID. I needed to, to, to because that was the only way to get through to people to go, this is a lie. Even now, people get triggered because they're already up to shot 27 or 150, getting one every other day now. Those people get triggered. I, 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 I held on to that little piece of paper that I had that literally says the uh, uh, award for people who are the unvaccinated. Do you know that I've had that for four years? I got that in 2019 or, or early 2020 and didn't post it then because I knew that it was, it was just too much right then. I waited until now and people are still calling me an asshole and, and blocking me. 
four years later when COVID is over and everyone in the world knows, unless you're living under a rock, that that thing was created, it was fake, and, and that they were peddling fear. Unless you're still buying into that religion of evil and you're only listening to them and you're like, oh, no, anything that anybody says is, oh, they're one of those vax deniers. That was a on every television program. On every program, on every television in every country, all of a sudden during COVID, all of the dilemmas on all of your periodicals and all of your dramas was look out. Grandma does. She's one of those one of those vax deniers. And that's literally what they had all over the air. Don't talk to dad. He's a vax denier. They were doing that. They're doing that over here in this country right now with uh, checking the boxes off, uh, talking about white supremacy. Because they're still trying to get everybody to believe that anybody who believes in make America great again, but they use the euphemism MAGA, MAGA's evil. Nationalists want you to go back in time 100 years to be the way it was 100 years ago. So having pride in your country, wanting your country to be self-sufficient, wanting your country to have borders, wanting people to actually do the right thing to get into your country and apply like all other nations on the face of the earth are currently doing and uh, having um, making products in your own country and selling those products to the rest of the world is bad and evil. And that's not the way the world is supposed to go because the world is supposed to be going one united uh, 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 peoples so that we can unite against what? The big, bad, evil aliens? So that we can be one world government? Well, who's going to be in charge of that one world government? Guess who? The people who think they already own this government. The people who think they already own this planet. The people who own most of the businesses worldwide already behind the scenes are the ones who are going to be telling you what to do under the banner of the United Nations, which they own and operate and have owned and operated from the beginning. So they're tired of being behind the scenes and they want to be in the forefront and they want you to know we're your kings and creator gods. Shut up. And if you don't like it, we'll put you in jail like they did Julian Assange in England and we'll leave you there with no charges. And, and here's the thing. Let's talk about that again. Let's go down there and, and get on that kick of talking about politics. Julian Assange points out things that the American government was doing that was evil and they put a price on his head. And they try to kill him and then he goes and gets asylum and they lock him up and they're holding him. And people now are like, I can't believe the English government is holding that man with no charges. When has that ever happened? If you're Irish and you're over the age of 35, you remember that the English government was doing the exact same thing to every single IRA operative from 1970 or from... Uh, 1916 during the Easter uprising until 1997 when they acknowledged Ireland as a free and sovereign nation. Unless you live in the north of Ireland, then you don't know what I'm talking about because they don't even teach you your own language in the north of Ireland. You don't even speak Irish and you think the IRA is just some washed up has been that no one cares about in Ireland because you live in the north, uh, which is occupied still by the English. And so you don't know what I'm talking about and you think I'm crazy. Okay, but they were locking up these people for no reason, no war crimes, no being, not being tried, never convicted and never charged with anything. And they left them in jail until they died of old age. And some of them uh, starved themselves to death in protest so that it would get out to the world. Look it up. Look up your own history. If you're in the UK, look up that history. They were held in prison with absolutely no crime 
ever convicted of or charged of. So everyone now is like, Julian Assange is being held by the English government without any, any crime being a, a charged to him. That's just crazy. That's never happened. That is the modus operandi of the English crown forever. It hasn't never changed in the history of the English crown. It's also the modus operandi of the United States of America because most of the people that were put in prison for nine for, for January 6th were held for more than two years before they were ever charged with anything. Held in prison by the federal government of the United States with no charges until they kept talking to them, until they convinced them to plead guilty to charges they hadn't charged them with yet. Okay, look that up. Okay, so this is not something that is crazy and new. This is something that they have done as their modus operandi without letting you know about it throughout all of history by all of these governments. And you can look back in time and see the same thing. During the movie, watch the movie Amistad. The movie Amistad is about uh, some slaves that were on the ship Amistad who uh, mutinied and sailed to America because they thought they would be uh, let free. And guess what? The United States government put them in prison and held them in prison against their will, even though they were not charged with anything whatsoever until Americans fought abolitionists who were trying to abolish slavery, fought to free them. And they, Matthew McConaughey was in the movie, and you should watch that movie. True story. Had to fight in court and appeal over and over to set these men free who were never charged with anything by the United States federal government because they were black. And because the, the people who uh, said that they owned them said that they mutinied and that they were trying to charge them with mutiny, which is a, a capital offense at the time, and they could be put to death. But they didn't want them to be put to death. They just wanted them to give them back to them because they were, in fact, slave traders, uh, Portuguese, and they were going to take them and sell them, not to the Americans. They were going to sell them to another country because America at the time was starting to become more abolitionist and wanting to abolish slavery. Okay, true story. So they were held against their will and put in prison. For a very long time, it was like six months or almost a year before, you should look it up, before they were released. And then the American government was like, well, we'll let you go back to Africa if that's where you wanted to go. Some of them decided to stay in America because they were free now. And some of them did want to go home and they sailed back to Africa. Okay. So this is, so this is what they do. And this is what they have always done, but they pretend that they don't do it. Okay. Why is that? Because they don't want you knowing of the tyranny that they actually create. So there, and so some of you who are out there who crave politics, you'll love that. Some of you don't like politics. You're going to be mad at me and you're going to tune out right there because you you are like, oh, no, there he goes again talking politics. What's that got to do with the law of one? The law of one is warning you about the modus operandi of the Orion Crusaders and what they're doing to this planet. And the modus operandi of what they're doing was this entire societal structure the way it currently is, is the plans they brought here that Raw's warning you about. So was Jesus, and so was Muhammad, and so was Moses, and so was uh, Mahatma Gandhi, and so was Martin Luther King Jr., and so was uh, Malcolm X. All these people just in the United States today, Stephen Biko from South Africa, Nelson Mandela from South Africa. Guess what? The tyranny that they were trying to warn you about is the same tyranny that Raw is trying to warn you about. It is the same ideology that is being 
taught to you, hand-fed to you by the same modus operandi, by the same people who came here who believe that they own this earth, and it has not changed. What has changed is the number of people on this earth who are aware of it and the number of people on this earth who are doing something about it is exponentially changed in the last 2,000 years and more so in the last 100 years exponentially has changed from one in a million to one in 10. Okay, you need to know that. Let's continue. Point one six questioner. And then what entity would be the simplest that would have red, orange, yellow, and green activation? Ra, I am Ra. Let me pause there. Because Denise said, I thought you could only hold them uh, for 24 to 48 hours. That's a lie. That's what they tell you the law says, because that's what's true. Because according to the law of the land of the United States, you can only be hold, held for 24 to 48 hours. And they keep telling you that on the television programs. We can only hold it for, for 48 hours. We have to cut him loose. Because in that world on television, they abide by the actual laws that are on the books in the United States of America. The truth is, what they do is they say, well, you're a national security risk, so therefore we have you in a federal prison, and uh, you don't get to know anything, sorry. And then when people look into it, they go, what's that person been charged with? Never mind that now. And they keep you off of the news of talking about it until someone actually puts you on one of their shows, and then people around the world go, wait a minute. So that guy that they arrested during January 6th, how many of those people have been charged? Well, now they've actually charged like 20 of them. But they held 150 people for more than six months before they let some of them go. But everything, everyone you saw on camera is, either, is still being held since January 6th, three years ago. Okay. Still being, or two years ago, whatever it is now. No, three years ago, because we're in, in year number four. So three years ago. So we're going in January 6th, if they go around now to 2024, to be four years. So from 2020, January 6th, 2020, they're still being held. Many of them, probably about 75 of them. And out of those 75, there's only been about 10 of them that have actually been charged. This is the truth. Look it up. Look into it. They don't have to. All they have to do is deem you a threat and say, National security interest because you tried to, they haven't tried you or charged you with uh, with treason or insurrection, but they're keeping you because you were an insurrectionist in their mind. So you're guilty before innocent, which in this country, you're you're innocent until proven guilty, but not so if, if uh, you piss them off. Then they just put you in prison. We'll get around to charging them. And if you ask about it, they're like, shut up or we'll, or we'll all look at you. Do you want us to have the IRS look at your finances? And it scares people, so they back off and they don't do anything and they don't talk about it. Our own politicians, who are supposedly these Republicans on in this country, these conservatives who are supposed to be out for the common good, none of them are doing anything and talking about it. Tucker Carlson talked about it and they got him fired over it, and now he's an independent and he's on his own website and on Twitter. Some of you hate Tucker Carlson because you think he's your enemy. He was saying that even the Republicans weren't doing anything about it and that they didn't seem to care about these people. And why did they not do anything about it? OK, so when McCarthy got taken out of office by Republicans and everyone said they were these evil Republicans that were these MAGA Republicans and he wasn't conservative enough, they were taking him out of power because he wasn't doing anything to give over the knowledge that his predecessor 
as soon as he got into office, handed over the tapes of all of the tapes that they would not allow anyone to see that the Republicans who were in charge of the House before that wouldn't give out to the world to see. So these people that took him out of power, everyone's like, they shut down the government and they're just these evil MAGA Republicans. Okay, And that means they're evil because they were trying to take him out of power. They were stopping the machine and said it out loud that he is the deep state, he is the swamp, and he is not doing his job by telling the world that these men that are locked up in there did nothing wrong and haven't been charged. And guess what? As soon as the new speaker or whatever his name is, McDonald or whatever his name is, he got in there and he released all the videotapes. And then the news agencies wouldn't play them. And they sued uh, the company sued uh, uh, Fox because Tucker Carlson claimed that the election was rigged and was playing that little narrative. And they said a part of the lawsuit was you guys have to pay us $150 million or billion dollars. Oh, and you have to fire Tucker Carlson. So they fired Tucker Carlson. And then they, of course, signed a non-disclosure agreement to tell anybody in the world why they fired Tucker Carlson. But Tucker Carlson didn't sign one. And he told the world they, that was part of, and I knew that and said it, and everyone said, you don't know what you're talking about. Tucker Carlson then came, finally came out when he was independent, when he finally started talking again. He came out and said, part of the lawsuit was to get rid of me. Shut me up. Because he was talking about January 6th and showing the videos. But because he had also said it's a possibility that this corporation who rigged all the elections in Venezuela and were known for that corruption was doing the same thing in the United States, they sued and he couldn't prove, Fox couldn't prove what he had said. So the courts, of course, they got to a liberal court and won the case. And they said, fire Tucker Carlson over it. So Tucker Carlson was the first person that McDonald, McDonald gave the videotapes to. And Tucker Carlson put all the videos out for everyone to see, which showed that, and, and there now there's an investigation. And it shows that the Secret Service, the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA had more than 250 operatives orchestrating January 6th. This is being proven, but you're not hearing about it around the world because uh, the news agencies are owned and operated by the same people who own and operate the United Nations, your government, this government, and think they own the world. The dying breed, the dinosaur, is trying to hold on to all of their power at 100% all cost. They're dying and they know it and they are trying to do everything they can do to stop it. And they're trying to do it by scaring you as much as they can. So I am not going to just be that person and only tell you those negative things. What I'm telling you is that what has been planned and that has been uh, being the modus operandi of those of us who came here to help has been to work in behind the scenes for the last 100,000 years, slowly changing things to fix things throughout time during the temporal war to fix all of this. And we have succeeded in what we were doing. And you're just not aware of it yet because... They control all the narrative the way they have controlled the entire narrative forever. And it's only been people that have been usurping that narrative and using their control mechanism to get information out to you, printing presses and things like that until the Internet and now Internet things, independence around the world, like me talking, telling you these things. You have to find us 
but we're out there in the world making a difference and changing people's minds one mind at a time, giving you the tools. You know, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm giving you the tools so that you can find it on your own so that you then organically will come to the same conclusion that everyone else is coming to when they have all things equal, Occam's razor. When all things are equal and you have the opportunity to look for yourself and you do so, you come to the same realization that everyone else that has that ability comes to 100% of the time. And it's not, look out, evil people are in charge and there's more of them than us and they're winning. That's not the answer. That's what they're trying to tell you is happening. But in reality, it's the opposite. But you don't get to know that because they don't want you seeing it and they control the places that you're addicted to. And therefore, the information that you have there at your disposal is only information they will allow you to have, just like on any television program, on any news agency that is on regular television. That is why more and more of you around the world are listening to more and more podcasts that are out of their uh, measure of control. And you're, uh, you know, it's the same thing I talked about with TikTok, where people are like, oh, they're evil and they're just trying to steal all the information and spy on Americans. Yet the majority of the people, this is why they have people kept bugging me to get onto TikTok, because the majority of the people that are awake are on TikTok. They're not on Facebook. They're not on YouTube. They're not on Instagram. They're on Snapchat. They're on TikTok and a few other places. Why? Because those are not under the control of this cabal. They want it to be. And it pisses them off because it's a different faction. And everyone says, oh, that's just a ruse, too. You could get real crazy and say that I'm actually possessed by the devil or a demon. Because some of you out there with a religion, a couple of you Christians out there will believe that. That I have a demon within me and I'm the devil and that I'm speaking the devil's words to you even currently. By telling you that you should be freed and that you were free from the second that you were born and that you're supposed to ascend to God, that somehow that's an evil plot by the devil to keep you from what? Getting likes and clicks and being a, a pillar of society and making a trillion dollars to pay to the one percenters? That by doing everything that every religion told you to do before that was taken away from the religions on this earth, when you look up your own religion and find out that it was a spiritual way before it became an institution to get you in the seats like a Starbucks and have you buy their product? Look it up. Let's continue. This information has been covered in a previous session. To perhaps simplify your asking, each center may be seen to be activated potentially in third density, the late second density entities having the capability, if efficient use is made of experience, of vibrating and activating the green ray energy center. The third density being... Right. Hold on. Peter's is throwing prophecy out there and I'm going to further that. Okay. So Peter, I'm going to put it up on the screen for those of you around the world that are uh, watching this. I, oh, I can't put it up on the screen because this is not going into StreamYard. So I'll have to read it to you. He says, this is 2024. King Charles is going to abdicate under poor health uh, on, on, on a new king will stand as uh, Prince Charles couldn't or can't continue. Uh, this is prophecy and I haven't gotten, uh, haven't gotten that wrong. Uh, at, at all. He's been right uh, the whole time. So um, I agree with that. And I know a little bit more about prophecy that has to do with that particular uh, thing. What you're going to see is uh, an attempt. You're going to see uh, the prince be, uh, if, if it goes down the same road as prophecy that I learned about uh, when uh, back uh, 40 years ago, the, uh, one, of the, one of the princes will be abducted and kidnapped, uh, heir to the throne, 
will be abducted and kidnapped and everyone in the world will be trying to, to find his captors and uh, they will uh, be looking all over the world trying to get who kidnapped the the would-be king uh, around the world. I don't know if it's going to be the oldest son or the or the next one down, uh, his younger brother who's here in the United States. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be one of those two or it would be the oldest one would be the one that you would want to kidnap. Uh, and it, as it turns out that he's being held on a ship at sea, that's where they're going to find him uh, eventually. That's prophecy. So uh, according to prophecy, Peter is absolutely right. This king is going to rule for a short period of time and he's going to abdicate his throne. This has been prophecy that has been foretold thousands of years ago, definitely hundreds of years ago. And I knew about it 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 40 years ago that he's going to rule for a short time and have to step down. He's already having health issues now. If he steps down, his uh, son is going to have to be in his rule. Well, somebody decides to kidnap that son, and eventually they find him being held on a, a ship at sea because fly, floating around out in the middle of the ocean is the best place to hide someone in plain sight because the ocean is a very big. 75% of the water, uh, the planet is water. It's easier to hide somebody by turning off a transponder and having them float out in the middle of the ocean than it is to try and hide them on any continent in any uh, prison uh, under the under the ground or, or whatever. That's prophecy. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but it looks like it might. <laughs> so, uh, so now I said that, and so did Peter. So what will happen is if this comes to pass, I'll have the Secret Service up my ass, and he'll have a version of the Secret Service from Ireland up his ass, and they'll be questioning us. So how much do we know about it, and who do we work for? Because they'll think that we had something to do with it which is what happened when people tried to warn, psychics tried to warn about 9-11 or the, uh, the assassination of, uh, of, uh, of the, uh, the leader, uh, what was his name, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Is that who it was or is he still in charge? Whoever was in charge before uh, Benjamin Netanyahu in, in Israel who got assassinated back 30 or 40 years ago, they tried to warn him and they just got arrested for doing so. Same thing with the Pope, Pope John, John Paul II, who uh, they tried to shoot him. People tried to warn that he was going to be a, a, an attempt on his life, and no one listened to him, and they arrested the people who tried to warn him. But some of the knights listened to him, and uh, and they actually were able to keep him from getting killed, uh, which he ended up dying earlier because of the wounds that he got from that assassination attempt. But whenever psychics say anything big for some monarch uh, that something might happen, the second it does happen— Everyone who's, who predicted it gets arrested and gets questioned and gets held with no charges in a prison for more than 48 hours while they try to figure out what you know and that whether you're up to it or not and where is the person they're looking for and it must be your fault because you knew about it and there's no way that their spirituality and there's no way their psychic abilities. So you obviously must be a terrorist. That's what secularists are, are, are going to believe, believe and buy into. So I, so if, you, if it happens and I end up disappearing, then you'll know why, because I just said it out loud on this show. And they believe that I have something to do with it, some sort of plot that I had to do with it. All right, let's continue. ...the potential for complete self-awareness, thus has the potential for the minimal activation of all energy centers. The fourth, fifth, and sixth densities are those refining the higher energy centers. The seventh density is a density of completion and the turning towards timelessness or foreverness. 41.17 questioner, well, then would an animal in second density have all of the energy centers in some way in its being but just not activated? Ra, I am Ra. This is precisely correct. 41.18 questioner. You always have the, all the chakra centers. Let's get off of politics before the algorithm gets us. All of the chakra centers that you have are the natural chakra centers of this entire universe. 
everything is bound by those laws, those archetypes that are your, uh, say, the seven major arcana, the seven chakras that you have in the human body. Everything in the universe has those exact same properties. It is the building blocks. That is what we refer to when you hear the word logos. That is the building blocks of, uh, of, of all the dimensions. They are the same. This is the third dimension. It is the place of doing. It is the yellow ray. The third dimension is the yellow chakra. So this is the place of doing. That is the, the yellow chakra. Okay. So you have within you that same chakra. You are living in that chakra. Okay. So everything in this place is first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth dimension in some way. This octave, seventh through the seventh uh, in some way. So everything is first a single uh, uh, organism or a, 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 you know, a first dimensional being. We have them here on this earth. Then a second dimensional being, we have them here on this earth. Plants, trees, the air is a, is a first dimension. The sun's rays is a first dimension. The, uh, you know, all plants, uh, food that you eat that is, comes from a plant, that, that is a, 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 a plant that is a second dimensional uh, um, entity. So it's the, that's the, the, the orange ray. So it goes red, orange, then yellow. That's, a, that's literally a plant is, is the embodiment of the orange ray. It is a living organism that is not self-aware. Do you see? So all of the chakras reside in everything. All, you know, dog, cat, bird, they have all the same chakras that we have. And they just are ruled by uh, the chakra that they're in for that density that they're in. So if you're a tree, you're a first or a second density being. When you, uh, as an animal, a plant, a dog, a, a cat, uh, you're a, a second dimensional until you become self-aware. And then when that life cycle ends, you then become a third dimensional. And guess what? You move into the yellow ray. Yellow ray sun, third planet from the, the, the yellow ray sun. This is the place of doing. Now you are a being that exists in that do, place of doing. I think, therefore I am. And you move up from there. You have all of those chakras in your body and you move up in those chakras as you move up in the octave. When you get to the next octave, there are more chakras in that octave that are the, the representation in that octave of the same seven archetypes in this octave. And there are different colors there because they are at a different resonance than they are down here. So we have red, orange, yellow, uh, green, blue, violet, white. And then when you move up to there, there's a different color. I have those on my reels to show you. And that goes uh, up to the next level and the next level and the next level. And every time you move up into a different octave, you start at the uh, bottom base. And those colors are similar to a shade of red or a tint thereof, the, uh, of that color. It could be a, a, a pink or a little bit more of a of a, a red and yellow or a little bit more of a, it depends on how uh, those uh, transfer when they get up there. And you can see those when you look at some of those concepts that we have on, that I have on my reels. Okay, so everything is as above, so below, as within, so without. And so, uh, so the microcosm to the macrocosm is the same. That, that is what that entire thing means, as below, so above, as within, so without. It means not just as within me, so without in this world, as below in me, as above in me. That means literally at the entire universe, the entire structure of the entire octave, all the way back to the source. Now, the animal in second density is composed of light, as are all things. 
What I am trying to get at is the relationship between the light that the various bodies of the animal are created of and the relationship of this to the energy centers which are active and the ones which are not active and how this is linked with the logos. It is a difficult question to ask. Can you give me some kind of answer on that? Ra, I am Ra. The answer is to redirect your thought processes from any mechanical view of evolution. The will of the logos posits the potentials available to the evolving entity. The will of the entity as it evolves is the single measure of the rate and fastidiousness of the activation and balancing of the various energy centers. 41.19 Questioner, thank you. In yesterday's, or the day before yesterday's session, you mentioned variable speed of rotation or activity of energy centers. What did you mean by that, speed of rotation? Ra, I am Ra. Each energy center has a wide range of rotational speed or as you may see it more clearly in relation to color, brilliance. The more strongly the will of the entity concentrates upon and refines or purifies each energy center, the more brilliant or rotationally active each energy center will be. It is not necessary for the energy centers to be activated in order in the case of the self-aware entity. Thusly entities may have extremely brilliant energy centers while being quite unbalanced in their violet ray aspect due to the lack of attention paid to the totality of experience of the entity. The key to balance may then be seen. Okay, hold on. I didn't see that question. Cassie, thank you for pointing that out. She said, good question. So Denise asked the question, will we ever know the complete truth? I know it in the in my gut, but uh, will the world ever know the real truth? Yes, that, that is a good question. And yes. The world's figuring out that, getting back to on that point for a second, the world is figuring that out. Um, well, when you say the complete truth, let me preface that with what do you mean by that? Will we in the third dimension ever fully know the extent of all the lies, deceit, and, um, and atrocities that the evil people have created on this planet? Probably not. But when you, but, or I should say, not as things are now. There's not going to be some broadcast that's going to be worldwide that's going to list all of the atrocities by every single government and every official in every government and every business and every corporation and every country around the world. There's just far too many that are, that are doing evil things everywhere across the earth. And then when does it stop? Do you go back and go all the way back to Jesus's time and come all the way forward and list all of that? But that information is out there. It's in the Akashic records. It's in the halls of Amente. Okay. So all of that is known already to everybody who has access to that. But when we tell you about it, you guys say, I think that person's crazy. Okay, so until you know it, you won't believe it. Okay, so so the answer to the question is yes and no, because it's never going to be broadcast to the world and listed. Because even if the, all of the evil and everything has changed, you're going to have people protecting them. That's why I, I talked to my brother about it. And he said, you know, he says, uh, you know, I want to see people go to jail for the atrocities that they're doing. And I'm like, you and I both know that's never going to happen. What's going to happen is it's just going to go away. They're going to be stopped, and some of the people are going to be telling the world that these people did that, but you're never going to have people get arrested because they have to arrest everyone, including themselves. Do you see? So, like, people like, oh, I think Trump should go to jail for all the evils that he has done. Well, if he's going to go to jail for the evils that he's done, then you have to apply that to everybody in the United States government. That means that 90% of every single official in the entire government of the United States will go to jail for the same things. 
because they're all doing it, all of them. And in your country as well, wherever you are on the planet, they're doing the exact same thing. Just like they're trying to impeach, uh, they're looking into Joe Biden for uh, selling the family brand and access to him by foreign governments so that they're paying his family money to have him influence the American government. Influence peddling is the currency of the earth in every government system currently on the planet. So if they impeach uh, Joe Biden for it, everyone who's impeaching him is going to have to be impeached. And if they do that and they say, we're going to try all uh, uh, politicians who have done the same thing, there will not be a politician left anywhere on the face of the earth, nor will there be a corporate head, nor will there be a military head, a secret service head, all the way down to teachers in schools, the police departments, your store that you work for, your boss, your co-workers. If you're going to do that, when does it stop? Everyone's going to go to jail. Everyone, except for those people who are completely in service to others and who do not rip people off ever and do not tell lies. What do you think the actual population of the earth is that is doing that? It's very small because people lie about a lot of things because this entire, you don't get ahead without playing their game and people lie, children lie. So what is the stuff? Do you go all the way down to people when they first learned to speak and they, and did you poop your pants? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Little baby doesn't pee his, poo his pants. You go over there. I smell poop. Did you poop? Mm-mm. Three-year-old, you put that person in jail because they're just as lying as a politician who says, we're here to help you. We're trying to keep you from that person doing evil to you. And that person's like, I'm not doing the evil. It's that person. You have to, you have to, the only way you can make all of that stop is you have to say, we can't put everybody in jail because everyone will be in jail. So what you have to do is you have to say, you have to be an abolitionist. You have to abolish slavery. Because if you arrested everybody who had slaves because they owned slaves, there would have been no one left in the United States or anywhere else in that matter where they abolished slavery free. So you have to say nobody can do it anymore. And now, from this day forward, if you do it, you go to jail. So the only way that you can fix this society is to make it illegal term limits so that you can never be a politician for 50 years. You can be there for four and you're out and never get to serve ever again period. Done. You're never a politician again. Because that means that there's going to be somebody new that has to step up when they're like, nothing's ever going to get done because no one's going to do that. You would be surprised that the 86% of the population who are in service to others are going to try and make a difference by going, I'll serve for four years and then never never get to serve again. In that four-year time period, I'm going to work my ass off to try and get as much done because I only have four years and I can never do it again. Okay, then you're going to have people trying to pay those people to get into office to to do the corrupt shit. Then you're going to have the same thing again. So even if you get term limits, you're going to have to limit the amount of money that they can be paid by or who they work for. So the entire structure of our society has to be changed. And you can't put in jail all the people you want to go to jail because that means everybody goes to jail. And where does it stop? And who's the one who decides who gets arrested and who doesn't get arrested for the war crimes, whatever these crimes are. So you you have to allow those to to stop. 
by changing laws and then saying anyone who does it from here on out goes to jail. You've been warned. You no longer get to do that. You make it illegal. They're not letting that to happen right now. So that's how you change society. You can't lock up everybody that you think is bad because they're all doing it. You have to change the laws that that says if you do it, you go to jail and we have to prove it. And then you're going to have chaos anyway, because you're going to have everybody trying to arrest everybody over. That's why uh, what happens with impeachment. That's what happens in, in England. Currently, a vote of no confidence can happen any other day. Every other day, you can have somebody get voted in and voted out, voted in, voted out, voted in, voted out. America is going to become the same way. Okay, they're going to impeach uh, Joe Biden and then they're going to impeach Donald Trump. Then they're going to impeach uh, whoever comes after them and going to impeach them back and forth. And then you're going to get elected and impeached and elected and impeached and elected and impeached. And it's not going to mean anything. It's going to be just like it is in, in England to where it's just a vote. Here we go. That guy was in for three days and now he's voted out. Jesus, come on, everybody, let's stop. And, it, and once everyone says, let's leave this guy in power for a little bit of time, then they're left in charge for a little bit of time. That's what's going to happen. You have to get it out of the way and get it out of everybody's system. So when everyone goes, oh, and now we're just going to have everybody going after Donald Trump because, or going after Joe Biden because they went after Donald Trump. Good. They need to. Need to impeach him. And then the House or the, the, the Senate will go, no, just like they did. And then, then if Donald Trump gets back in the House, if they get control, they impeach him again. And then everybody says no, and it diminishes that impeachment, and it becomes a regular thing that as soon as someone gets in power, they start trying to impeach him, and then they get him out of office, and then they can vote somebody else in, and then they impeach him. And eventually, the population gets fucking tired of that and says, we're not voting any of you guys in anymore. We're taking you guys out who keep impeaching everybody. And they go, wait a minute. Oh, hold on a second. Not me. It's them. Too late. You guys are out. It takes the people to wake up to make changes, not trying to tell the people that are already corrupt to make changes. They're already corrupt. The ones that are telling you the other guys are evil and corrupt are just as corrupt as the ones they're telling you about. And on both sides, they're pointing fingers. And guess what? They're doing that so you don't look at them. All of their constituents, look at all of them. All of their constituents, look at all of them. The truth is they're both fucking doing it and have been from the dawn of time. Do you understand that? That's the knowledge you need to learn. You need to learn that they are all corrupt. Every politician in every government on this earth currently, 90% of all of them are evil and doing what they're claiming the other person is doing, and they're all doing the same shit. They all secretly have slaves. They all secretly have sex slaves. They all uh, they all uh, secretly are making money and getting paid by their uh, the enemies. They're all lying to you and telling you they're going to give you good shit when they're not giving you a fucking thing. All of them are doing that. None of them are your friends. It is the religion of evil. And the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting you to not know about it. Convincing you that there needs to be a separation from those crazy people who are running the religions and all of us who are honest people running the governments. Look at those two corporations and tell me which one is more corrupt. The religion that they're telling you needs to be a separation of church and state or the state. Let's be honest. They're both just as corrupt. The difference is the church isn't running the world's economy and militaries. So they're less pliable for being on the hook of being evil than the evil corporations that are running this earth. 
but both of them are just as corrupt. If you give back control of the church, they're no different. That's what they've done historically. They were in charge of governments, the Roman Catholic Church in charge of the Roman Empire, the Roman Catholic Church in charge of the Spanish Empire, the Christian Church, not quite Roman Catholic, in charge of America. And then the, the people said, we don't want a king. So they signed the Magna Carta in one country. They signed the Declaration of Independence in another country, in many countries. And then they said, we need a separation of church and state because we can't have those ruling class being uh, uh, in charge. And, in, and now my camera froze for a second. Don't know what happened there. We can't have those religions in charge anymore. We want to be in charge. Oligarchs in America signed the Declaration of Independence so that they could rule what the king was doing without the king. That's why Benjamin Martin said, why would I change one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? Because he knew they were just as corrupt. They were oligarchs. They got control of America. The oligarchs then started taking control of the world. And, and what happened was they literally were the monarchs, still are, pretended that they were no longer monarchs and bought corporations and, and the family names. And now you think that the King of England is not in charge of uh, most of the world when the King of England is in charge most of the world. Well, they're just a figurehead now and the King and Queen are not really in any way in charge. It's the people that are in the go in the parliament that are actually making up the policies. Who pays those people? Who owns those people? Who has made those people uh, all their power and all their money? Who owns the, the schools they went to? Who owns the education that they got? Who propped them up and put them into power, but the same corporations that own everything? Who is the same people who own everything? Who are those families? Oh, they're the same monarchs that are ruling the world. Whoops, wait, what? But there's a figurehead, the king that's in England now, he's nobody. They don't have any power in the world. Yes, they do. And they own most of their family is one of the families that owns and thinks they own this world. Look it up. They're not just, oh, they're just figureheads. They don't actually rule England. Yeah, they do. They rule more than that. Okay. If you watch daytime television in your country and you see these, these hosts of these shows on these networks and they have guests on their show, look up who that guest is from, what company, what ne other network? And look who owns the parent company of the network who has that person on. If you look at somebody, we're going to have somebody on. We're going to have Paris Hilton on. Okay. So the Hilton family owns what? Who owns the, the, what do they own? Right. Who owns them? Look it up. Go further and further back and you'll find that the same people who own the network that have them on the show are the same people that own the, 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 the Hilton Corporation and everything else. So like we have a, uh, over here on daytime, you have, um, what's her name? Um, oh, I can't think of her name right this second. Kelly Clarkson. She's on uh, on NBC over here. So they they had people on from the, the DYI network, do-it-yourself network. Do you know who owns the do-it-yourself network? NBC. So the persons they had on their show today were, oh no, I'm sorry, that was on uh, also on NBC, but that was on uh, the show that was on prior to her and had the, 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 uh, the two brothers, the twin brothers that were from the DYI network. The network that owns her show owns that network. So they're promoting their own show. Do you see that? Then they have movie stars that come on promoting their, their books and their movies. 
who owns the publishing company that that movie star is promoting that gave them the, the book? The same company who owns the network, the movie that that person was in. Who owns that that company that made that movie? The same company who owns that network that is promoting the show on their show. Okay? Do you understand that? The corporations that are showing the commercials are owned by the same people who own the network. So all the commercials that you're watching are either owned by them or people that are affiliated with them or own portion of that. And they're paying money to them to have the commercial to reach the audience. And most of them are owned by the same people when you go up high enough. The 1% who own everything are showing you interviewing their own people to benefit another company that they own. And guess who owns all the pharmaceutical companies that are on the commercials that are on there? The same people. You're not aware of that because you don't know that. You think that all these companies are completely different and they're all private companies because they're owned by an umbrella company and they're operating as independent countries or independent companies, but they're all owned by the same people when you go up far enough. You don't know that unless you look it up. See my point? So put that into perspective. We're never going to get to know all the atrocities that they're all uh, uh, wreaking on this earth, but we have to change what we allow them to do. And we have all the power. And as soon as we stop buying things, look what happened to Budweiser because they made a bad decision. That corporation is still reeling from it. People, enough people said, we're not buying your product anymore. And then they were like, well, now we're selling America. We're, we're make America great again attitude. We're for the people and, and, and camaraderie for the United States. And people are still not buying into it. They're like, no, no, we're not buying your product. Now they're trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves. Why? Because their pocketbook, their precious money is no longer what they're gaining. So you have to realize how much power you guys out there in the world have. As long as you keep buying their shit, they're going to keep selling you shit. Do you understand that? As long as you keep buying their product, if you keep going to a fast food restaurant and complain, and that's all you do, oh, man, I can't believe that I have to pay this much for a damn burger, and they're getting smaller because of shrinkflation. So I'm getting half a burger, and I'm paying twice as much. You're still doing it. Instead of going and getting off your lazy ass and going and buying the meat and cooking your own big fat fucking burger, huge one, your lazy ass is still lining up. You're bitching about it and you're still doing it. Nothing's ever going to change because they know you're all talk. Do you understand that? Best thing you could do in life is to start growing your own food as much as you can. Grow as much of the vegetables and fruits that you can grow. Buy them from farmer's markets of other people that are doing the same. Don't go to big box stores unless you have to. Or go to big box stores so you don't have to go to the small stores unless you're trying to keep all the small stores alive. But then you know that they're privately owned because you know the guy or the woman or the family that owns it. Keep those people going. Right? Well, people are like, well, you know, these restaurants, not their fault. Yes, it is their fault because they bought into the chain. Well, now they own that chain and they have to buy that because they're, oh, so now there's nothing we can do. So we should just go ahead and pay the money to those people. No. Let them die. I said that during the, the balloon problem here in the United States when the stock market crashed and Barack Obama wanted to pay that $150 billion out to all these corporations. And everyone says, well, aren't you worried? They talk about this now with Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, which is not owned by an Anheuser or a Bush anymore. Aren't you worried that if you don't buy all their product that all those people that were having jobs to brew the beer and to distribute the beer are all going to get fired from their job? 
ecosystem. Let's go back to what I was telling you about with the with the uh, honeybee. The European honeybee took over the ecosystem, but no one's alive that remembers the ecosystem before the honeybee was here. So when the honeybee was dying, everybody shit themselves and thought we were all going to die off as a species because they weren't pollinating all of our flowers until all of the other insects around the world that were not the honey European honeybee that were not dying from the pesticides started flourishing and tripled in population. Then everybody relaxed. All the people that are not buying Budweiser are still buying a different beer. That company is going to have to hire more drivers, more brewers, more bottlers, more distributors, and, and more stores. Guess who they're going to hire? All the people that get laid off from Budweiser are going to go to work because they have all the experience at the other fucking company. So when Ford Motor Company and General Motors was going under back in the 90s and everyone said, there's not going to be any cars on the face of the earth if we don't keep them alive. Somebody's going to create a new fucking company named Smith instead of Ford. And there's going to be Smith cars driving around. And that's going to be the new car because Ford fucking died. And I don't care because no one's going to say now we don't have any cars to drive. Necessity is the mother of invention. The second Ford Motor Company goes under, who do you think someone's going to be buying other cars? That company is going to need to hire a bunch of manufacturers that are used to working in factories that know how to build cars. Guess who they're going to hire? Everybody that was working for Ford because they have all the experience already. You don't have to train new people. Move them over here. Now you work for Smith. And that's what they do. But they sold you on the fear that we have to have Ford Motor Company. We have to have Bank of America. We have to have General Motors because the world's going to come to an end without them. No, no. If we need cars, someone else is going to build a car with a new name and they're going to build it cheaper because they're going to try and sell it to the world and they're going to hire all those motherfuckers from that company when they need a job and they don't have to hire anybody to train them and they're going to be ready to go. Here's our factory and our machines get to work. Okay. So nothing's going to change just the name of the corporation and the 1% who owns that company is going to be the only thing that's going to change. Do you honestly think that these oil companies that are they're trying to put out a business by making everything uh, electric that you don't you don't do you really think that all the people who own the oil companies haven't already realized they're going to run out of oil and have started all of the companies that are selling the and building the products that are made out of those batteries? If you think that I'm wrong, why is it that all the car companies are starting to build cars because they don't want to die as a, as a species? Ford Motor Company, General Motors, whatever the company, car company is in your country, they're changing their manufacturing to start building cars made with electric engines because they don't want to go out of business. Guess what? Who do you think planned all that? Do you think they're going to hold on and go, no, no, no? So you think the oil companies are going to hold on and go, no, no, no? The oil companies are going to become the power companies if they're not already. The same families own them already. They know that the oil is running out around the world, so they have to come up with a new product. So they've decided it's going to be solar. You don't think they're, I, I own the oil industry, and I'm going to go, well, I guess we're out of business, kids. It was a good run, great grandpa started the oil industry and now the oil's going to die. So now we're all just going to have to figure out a new job. 
You don't think those people are sitting around in a think tank thinking shit up and going, well, if we convert everything to this engine that they had in 1901, which was an electric engine that our great grandfather killed the companies of by buying them all up and putting them out of business so that they could uh, sell the oil to these people. Why don't we go back to this technology that we already had? Look this up. Leo's not making shit up. Look at the technology that was already in existence in 1900 electric motors that we put out of business. So now what they're selling you is a brand new product is electric motors. And that technology has been around since 1895 on this earth. So they're not giving you a brand new technology. They're giving you one that they have already owned the patent for, for 125 years. You guys need to realize what's going on in the earth. Look this up. I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not inventing something. This is not misinformation, disinformation, a conspiracy theory. Whenever you hear someone say that, they've, they've, that's, that's impeachment of Donald Trump. That's impeachment of Joe Biden. It is becoming so commonplace that impeachment's going to be a joke. When someone says anywhere, oh, that, that guy's a conspiracy theorist. You know what that means? That means there's a very good possibility, 80% chance that person's telling you the truth. That's what that has currently become now around the world. If they say I'm a conspiracy theorist because of five years ago, it meant conspiracy. Now it means that guy's probably telling the truth, but we are going to stifle him anyways. That's what that means. Okay. So now I have gotten off uh, track and gone onto that preaching about that. But this is the modus operandi. I'm going to leave you with this because it's 6 p.m., almost 6 p.m. for me. That is the that is the modus operandi of evil people of the evil religion of the of the Orion Crusaders. This is what they brought here, and you're seeing it playing out before you. Become aware of it. I couldn't say these words out loud to you 40 years ago. I tried. No one wanted to hear it. Okay, it's hard enough for me to get the word out now, but people are listening more now than they did to me 40 years ago when I said the same stuff. I was a crazy hippie when I said it 40 years ago in the United States. I was just crazy. People still think I'm crazy now, but the percentage of people who think I'm crazy today for me saying the exact same words I said 40 years ago is 80% less than it was 40 years ago. Why? I haven't changed what I'm saying. I'm saying the same words currently, and you can ask anyone in my family. I'm saying the same words currently out loud to you on air right now that I said when I was 17 years of age and I'm 57 or will be 57. Okay. 40 years ago, I was saying the same words and everyone said I was a crazy conspiracy theorist and a hippie. And I was just spouting off absolute. I must have been uh, possessed by a demon or the devil because nobody talks like that. Who talks like that? Only crazy people. Okay, But you can actually Google that now. Everything that I am telling you currently, you can look up. This is why I always say, don't believe a word I've said. Prove me wrong. Look it up for yourself and go down that rabbit hole. Because when I said that 40 years ago, you'd have to go to a library and read books. Now you have this library in your hand that has access, has more access to more knowledge in one of these than, uh, than was in the Alexandria that they burned uh, of 800 years ago. There's more knowledge in, uh, in a smartphone currently on the internet 
than there ever has been in any place on the earth through all of time until today. I have more knowledge at my disposal in this than the Library of Congress in the United States of America that has more books than anyone else on the face of the earth. I have more knowledge in my phone than is there. And I currently have two books, three books that are in the Library of Congress. Okay, And the English Library, whatever that's called, Oxford Library or the English Library, all of those combined has less information than you have at your fingertips on your smartphone, wherever you are on the face of the earth. Use it. Use it. Learn how to tell the truth through the lies. Learn how to find the forest through the trees. That's all I can do is tell you that. Because until you start doing it for yourself, thinking for yourself, looking things up, questioning everything, until you start doing that, you're just a robot. You're autonomous and you're doing what they tell you to do. Up next at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m., that's because it is, it's night. It's 5.59. It's 6 p.m. Up next, what we want you to think. Okay? All right, guys. I love you guys. Have a great night. I don't know why the... Uh, YouTube didn't or uh, Facebook didn't go into freaking next week. I'll go back to putting it on Orion Rising and sharing it to my page, and we'll see if the chat comes into uh, StreamYard. I apologize for that. Those of you listening around the world on the MP3 broadcast, it doesn't matter to you because you don't you're not have access to the chat and you're not talking anyways. Um, I'm I'm still looking into possibly moving the show to that platform to because I still uh, own Spreaker. I still have a, a radio network there. I'm still going to look into doing that and starting to broadcast so that I can uh, get to more of you guys live around the world so that you guys can actually uh, probably phone in or text. I'm looking for, I'm waiting for a corporation. If I have to invent this on my own uh, there, because technology should be to the point where we should be able to go live and have MP3 and MP4 broadcasts uh, filter into the chat uh, around the world and be able to do that from your phones with these smartphones all around the world by creating that app. So I'm going to look into that. And if I have to create one, maybe I'll start looking into doing that. But I challenge those of you out there in the world, because the next the next wave of delivering messages to the world is and to stay out of their control is to be able to integrate the MP3 and MP4 broadcasting and be able to reach people to have them be able to talk to you. And, um, and what they're doing is they're keeping those like TikTok. When you go live there, you have to have the app to be able to get on there to go live. They're doing that with everything to keep the corporation separate. So you have to be on YouTube to have YouTube uh, go in there. You have to be on, on Facebook to have that chat go in there. And as people like StreamYard are already working at that to integrate all of those into one chat. But that still is only the MP4 broadcast. And if I do MP3 only, that limits who can do a chat because most platforms don't have that uh, part of their app yet. But people are adding that to their platforms. So the next wave of broadcasting is going to be the integration of MP4, MP3 and having a chat for the MP3 people listening without video to be able to communicate and talk to you. Okay. Uh, either that or they're going to bring the MP4 version because the Spreaker is already doing that. They went from MP3 only to now MP4 and MP3 broadcast. So it looks like that's the way they're going to answer that is that all of them are going to upgrade to both so that they can integrate the chat. So if they're going to continue doing that in the next four years, by 2027, 
probably before that, I would uh, almost predict that by 2025 or 2026, you're going to see the commonplace of me not having to worry about this because all chats are going to go into uh, uh, programs like StreamYard or another app that's going to take control and integrate all of the chats in from all these platforms. Watch that start happening. All right, guys. I love you guys. Have a great night. Um, I'll see you guys next week. This has been Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are or when in the world you are tuning into this show. Have a great night. Love you all. Let me go over here now. I'm on the wrong uh, page to, to actually uh, shift to turn off the, the show. I apologize for that. Have a great night, guys. I love you guys.